fresh and exciting. Somebody with a sock personality that will sweep people right off their feet. Where is he? What is he up to? What other terrors can he unleash at will? Calling your genial host, renowned writer, art collector, and teller of strange tales. What fiendish power did he possess? Where did he come from? Who is this man? Believe me. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Band Radio Network for a Friday. Talk radio the way our founders intended. America. As the 1 p.m. Central Standard Time deadline for Governor Abbott to comply with the Supreme Court order and allow feds to cut the razor wire, the governor says he's prepared for conflict. Day 1111. Here for the Eric in America, say hello to EZ. What's up? Good afternoon. Putting the heat in, Heather. Hey, guys. Double H is here. Dark History Hour 3, Movie Man Mike. The division of Movie Man Mike Industries. Top of the final hour with your special Friday remarks in between. Texas continues to defy. Uh, His support is overwhelming. Um, I mean, it's truly overwhelming. And, And we, you know, we face... Something I don't think this country ever has before. Well, not in our, t- our lifetimes, anyway. Uh, and that's the chance that a federal government make the federal government may clash with a state in a violent manner. Tucker Carlson had Governor Abbott on. Governor Abbott, thank you so much for joining us. If the administration declares that it plans to federalize the National Guard of the state of Texas, your National Guard, what will be your response? Well, first, I'll be shocked. That would be a boneheaded move on his part, a total disaster. Uh, But for one, as you might imagine, we are prepared uh, in the event that that unlikely event does occur to to make sure that we will be able to continue exactly what we've been doing over the past month. And that is uh, building these barriers, uh, whether it be the Constantino wire or other uh, anti-climate border barriers, whatever we've been building, the Biden administration uh, is now trying to attack us because of it. Uh, and we will continue to do exactly what we're doing to expand our denial of illegal entry into the state of Texas. Texas uh, <clears throat> Representative Joaquin Castro <clears throat> and a, a former con- uh, congressman and 2020 presidential hopeful Beto O'Rourke, both Democrats, are urging Biden to federalize the state's National Guard to allow Border Patrol, Patrol agents to remove razor wire put up along the border. Um, I, I've never seen anything like it. <clears throat> yeah, we are now, we have people that are telling our government to grab the state military, uh, federalize them to allow more people to enter the country illegally. It's it's incredible. <laughs> it is amazing. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, Despite the ruling, you know, Biden continues. Um, I mean, uh, Abbott continues to build the thing. Uh, build up the border, adding more and more. Biden, and he, and he makes his case very clear. The president has uh, 
is not controlling the border. He is uh, not completing his duties as president of the United States. Um, I, but if he, so you've got the border, you've got the Texas National Guard. And by the way, the National Guards of other states, you've got troops there from other states and hardware and, and, and things like that. Uh, and Biden goes down there, waves a wand. I don't know what it takes to federalize uh, the uh, the National Guard. He does have the power, Title 10 of the U.S. Code. That means state troops would be under the direct orders of the president. Last time that happened was in order to protect nine black students at the Central High School in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, they're currently operating under Title 32, which means they fall under the control of the Texas governor as their commander-in-chief. Um, O'Rourke says Abbott's using the Texas Guard to defy a Supreme Court ruling when government Falbus did that in 1957. Eisenhower federalized uh, Arkansas's guard in compliance with the law. Biden must follow this example of bold, decisive leadership to end this crisis before it gets worse. It's a crisis keeping... <laughs> that's a crisis. Uh, illegals not being able to come over that border uh, to the tune of 12,000 a day is a crisis. But Title 10 can only supersede Title 32 in a national emergency. Uh, you know, they don't, because they don't know whether he has the legal justification to do so there. I don't know. So I mean, first you got you, so you got Texas National Guard there, they you know to protect the border, and then the, oh, you know for days on end, and and, and the, the, the Texas National Guard are helping spread razor wire. Governor Noll, North Dakota, I'll play the uh, audio from her. She'd drive down some razor wire herself if she has to. Um, so one minute they'd be putting it up, and then they would go down there, and someone would say, "Hey, by the way, you work for the other side now. Take it down." Basically, yeah. I don't see this ending well. It's called Operation Lone Star, and by the way, they're looking for recruits. Uh, volunteers to bolster their border fight there. They want to deplore border security assets to high tr- threat areas to deny criminal organizations the ability to illegally move drugs and people into Texas. Um, where is it? Yeah, here it is. The Texas uh, Military Department. Uh, needs new full-time positions. They've got them open for service members in the border mission, Operation Lone Star, that integrates the uh, Texas Military Department with the Texas Department of Public Safety to deploy border security assets. The military, Texas Military Department has new full-time positions open right now. Apply within, I suppose, right? Three positions offer, uh, these positions offer array of benefits. Lodging per diems, 55 bucks a day, uh, volunteers must be medically and administratively deployable and military members of the Texas Military Department. I don't think that means uh, Sam. <laughs> Unless he's uh, a former military. Uh, I don't see it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'll tell you one thing, which will really be, uh, will break the spirit of of, of Republicans and and especially Texans uh, when if if Governor Abbott backs down and you know just says okay, I don't think he's going to. I don't think so either. Which leads me to believe that there could be some hinky conflict coming up. You know, 
the invasion continues everywhere, not just Texas, not just from the southern border. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you probably have seen by now that vi- viral video of a moment when a boat full of illegal aliens just beaches itself on La Jolla Beach in San Diego. You see that? Yeah, just full <laughs> speed. Yeah. And they just jump off and run. Those houses in that area are on average about two, $2 million. Yeah, because that's the technique that they've been using in Italy and the U.K. and areas in Greece. That's what they what they, do, they do there is they it's just, just come from Africa, set that sucker at full speed as fast as they can. The moment they hit the, the dirt, they just bail like cockroaches when they turn the light on. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what they did. They just bailed. They look like about 20 or so. <clears throat> so I, I, I who knows where they're from, but I mean, why would you? It, 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 I'm guessing they're Hispanic or Latin or whatever. Why not just walk across the border? Why take all that risk? It's, it's open like a it's it's like a sieve right now. Because those are probably more likely some sort of gang members. There wasn't a, there wasn't a, a child and woman in that entire no, group there. No. Military aged men. Uh, this is the weird thing. Uh, uh, they before they're released into San Diego, San Diego, these illegals are being uh, some illegals being dropped off have been waiting between uh, the double layer border wall or camping under border patrol watch in remote mountains east of the city. <clears throat> yeah, just boatloads coming up on the beach. Hey, kids, you see these illegals? Give them money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Um, perhaps things are starting to turn a corner. Chicago, uh, the people, the fine people of Chicago, the Democrats there are, uh, they have to remove, they'd like to remove their sanctuary city status. Um, Boy, that sanctuary city thing has backfired on on liberals. Oh, boy. It looked great on paper when everybody <laughs> sure. was the, on the steps of the courthouse well, just celebrating. It was and, all an anti-Trump move. Yeah, that's the that's only all. reason they did it. Like, there's never ever been such a designation as a sanctuary city. Now yeah. they they made it. Liberals made it happen. Now you got to eat it. Yeah, it was because there was a lot of uh, New Yorks and Chicago's that looked around and said, "All right." Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, we only yeah. got like five people here anyway. Uh, yeah, that's why you guys sanctuary. We're a long way from the border, too. Old father won't bother us. Chicago's been a city that's been, uh, has had thousands of uh, illegals bust there. The weather's turning cold, and, you know, the city's attempts to provide housing to its newest residents have been quite taxing. 3,000 were living outside. Mayor Brandon, of course, criticizes Abbott for the busing policy. I find it, that's such a funny thing to me. Damn him. If he didn't do that, what you're experiencing right now, uh, it would be times 100 or perhaps times 10,000 in Texas. So you're, you know, we're really complaining to the wrong cat. Um, So... You know, I think it's very disturbing that the U.N. is the one, Antonio Guterres, the the U.N. secretary, in December 
invoked what they call a rarely used but powerful tool uh, to push for a ceasefire. Eli, uh, Eli Cohen, Israeli foreign minister of the U.N., says his tenure is a danger to world peace. And his call for a ceasefire, a ceasefire in Gaza amounted to supporting Hamas on, on the October 7th attack. And then we find out they actually were, like, really physically helping Hamas on October 7th. Yeah, you got the U.N. down in Hague actually trying to put uh, genocide charges against Israel, and we find out that they actually have people that are fighting for them. Employees of the United Nations Relief and Works Agency. You see it all the time by its uh, its uh, its UNWRA. Some people call it UNRWA or UNRWA, whatever. Uh, they have uh, Israeli authorities provided information about several of its employees that participated in Hamas' murderous rampage. Uh, investigation has been launched into the alleged involvement of the employees. Those involved will be held accountable, including through criminal prosecution. Uh, the Commissioner General of, of UN Nations Relief Works Agency, Philippe Lazzarini, said uh, he made that decision in order to protect the agency's ability to deliver humanitarian aid. On today, this morning, the United States State Department said we're not going to fund UNRWA anymore uh, until we figure out what's going on here. You know, Anthony Blinken talked to Guterres to emphasize the necessity of a thorough, swift investigation. We'll kind of put a a, 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 a kibosh on his little uh, ceasefire uh, call. That that should be grounds for the end of the United Nations, or at least take it somewhere else and stop funding it. Yeah, they're literally terrorists. The United Nations employees of the United Nations Relief and Works Agency. That was the relief. They relieved 1,200 Israelis of their lives. Piece of... What a worthless agency. That, honestly, that should be bar, just grounds right there for uh, UNRWA to be immediately disbanded. Right. Because that if there were at least upwards of 13, 14, they believe now, but 25 to 26 of them that were on there, on the ground that day, shooting people, they should not exist as an organization anymore. No. And you had... The other day, earlier this week at the United Nations, uh, other nations defending China for a real genocide of the Uyghurs there. And say, oh, you know, it's just Uyghurs, no big deal, you know. Um, it is, that's the United Nations engaged in terror, uh, acts of terror. Mm-mm-mm. Well, uh, I see this media implosion. It's a bloodbath in the media. Thank God. I think you 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 are partially right. I think it has to do with part of it is the Elon effect. He made uh, Twitter function better with three thousand less employees. There was a lot of fat there, <clears throat> and I think newsrooms, as liberal as they are, are starting to really you know when you start to lose money or you never make money. In that business, you start to look around and go, okay, it, it felt really good back when we hired our, um, our indigenous person's uh, editor to, you know, edit anything that might come across the, the, the table that has to do with indigenous people. Yeah, we've got uh, Tom over there. Uh, he uh, makes $125,000 a year, and he edits articles that only involve the Wakakuchi tribe. Yes, he's had two this uh, year mm -hmm. so far. But it's a big year, too. It's usually <laughs> yeah. one. 
Um, and I think maybe they see that and go, all right, it, it looks good on paper. Or maybe it, um, it, it, it feels good at, in the boardroom to say, look how diverse we are. We got a, a you know, indigenous fella over here. Um, but I don't know that LA Times is going to shut down. They'll still put out a paper. Um, so they met with management Wednesday to create some order from uh, a, a big bloody layoff. And at midnight on Wednesday, the turmoil continued. They informed members of additional cuts in a bizarre uh, bar days of bargaining they've had. The company unexpectedly raised its layoff target and sent out five more layoff notices on Wednesday. They said, by the way, these might not be final. 24 hours later, uh, there had been a total of 115 job cuts, 20% of the newsroom uh they started firing with the last hired, you know. That's the biggest cut in their history, that newspaper. And they're not the only ones. I mean, it's everybody. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, does it matter if the product, if you don't notice the product? My other thought was, yeah, part of it is the Elon effect. But my other thinking is that maybe people are sick and tired. They're, maybe they're, they're losing money, these, these, these outfits. And... They're losing ad revenue. They're losing money because they're losing hits because they're not selling. Pay. I mean, if you had a you know enough hits on your website, you could sell that advertising. If people were buying the physical paper, uh, and you sold enough of them, you'd have advertising. But when advertisers start to lose, and why would advertisers leave? Rather, why would they leave? It's because they're not getting any uh, uh, response, or you know, the paper has a low viewership, low readership. Maybe that's because you write a bunch of crap and it's all liberal BS lies that's all been editorialized along the way by your liberal staff. So maybe one, we, we fire ourselves out of an existing media and maybe something new and pure and true comes out of it. No, I mean, we're working on that. Uh, you're, they're going away to a uh, AI distributed media. Uh, people, have, people don't get newspapers anymore. My dad does. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's such a slim uh, production. And, and then most of the times, when you have to go to the L.A. Times and it tells you, oh, uh, you get to read one story, and then it's $8 a month. Yeah. And I immediately click to the next website that has the exact same story printed out the exact same way, and I move on. Right. They, I don't think the online subscription for news is very good. No, I, it's, it's not, it's it's not, not a good model. Idea. <clears throat> I mean, I get it. You, you're giving out a service that you think you got to... Uh, you you got to make your money some way, but also people are going to go right around it. Uh, that's uh, the felt was the death knell for ESPN as well because they turned half their website to pay subscription. And everybody went, eh, I don't care what Stephen A. Smith has to say about it. I just wanted the scores, and they move on to the next place. Insider has uh, dropped eight percent of its workforce. Uh, Daily News, New York Daily News editorial union walked out yesterday to protest the chronic cuts. Uh, Paramount CEO Bob Backish warned employees yesterday the company is planning a fresh round of layoffs. L.A. Times, we know that. Uh, Condi Nass, hundreds of union workers walked off to protest hundreds of previously announced layoffs, impacting 5% of the staff, 300 people or so. Sports Illustrated, their newsroom has been gutted by the Arena Group's parent company. They failed to make a $3.75 million quarterly payment to the group for which it licenses the Sports Illustrated brand. They can't print it if they can't pay for the licensing. BuzzFeed. 
thinking about selling its two two of its brands, Complex and Tasty. Several media companies are trying to either sell off part of their their uh, uh, portfolio or all of it. Uh, Red Ventures is trying to jump CNET. Paramount is having conversations with multiple potential buyers or merging partners, including Warner Brothers, Discovery, and Skydance Media. Ad growth, I guess, in, in the 2010s was just incredible. And it's wasn't going to last forever, and it, and it didn't. Uh, digital advertising, they say, analysts say, it's only going to grow in the single digits for the foreseeable future. No more of the salad days of the 2010s. Yeah, uh, I think people figured out digital advertising doesn't work the way they think it does. Uh, it was for a while when you could force a pop-up onto the screen and the person would have to read the ad, but so many people have pop-up blockers and other types of things that disable ads anyway. Yeah. It's not, it's not, there's no money in it when it comes to that now. I, 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 and social media advertising, though, if you, you know, if something's in your feed, it doesn't interrupt you. It doesn't block what you're looking at. You just keep on scrolling. If, you, you know, if you've seen enough of uh, Cheese and Chong's Blue Chews, uh, just keep scrolling. Mm-hmm. It'll go away. All right, when we return, family that, like poor granny, who got killed, drug into a, uh, 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 a pond by an alligator, 85-year-old Gloria Surge dragged to her death in a pond behind her home in Fort Pierce by a 10-foot, 700-pound alligator. Why was she walking her dog so close to the pond behind her house? We'll talk about it next. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Hi, I'm Marcel Spears. Keeping our global neighborhood safe is a tough job, one made just a bit safer with the help of America's brave military dogs. These dogs, who often take the same risks and make the same sacrifices as our human warriors, keep our troops safe by sniffing out bombs and IEDs, locating enemy positions, and bringing a sense of comfort and home to an almost unimaginable circumstance. Yet, when these brave canine heroes retire, they're not always given the same treatment as our military VIPs and are too often left overseas. American Humane works to bring home these valiant dogs and reunite them with the people who mean the most to them, their handlers, so they can enjoy happy, healthy, well-deserved retirements. To learn how you can help America's four-footed heroes, visit AmericanHumane.org. media meltdown utter collapse our old friend taylor lorenz is really burnt up about it our journalism industry is basically in a free fall today the los angeles times laid off 115 employees they wiped out their entire dc bureau in an election year they laid off pretty much all of their sports teams they killed their entire tech and business section they laid off breaking news writers social media editors the list goes on but what's really dark is this is just the latest in months and months and months of layoffs in the media industry in fact tens of thousands of 
journalists have been laid off in the past year. Major media companies like BuzzFeed News have completely shuttered their news operations. Time Magazine also just laid off a ton of people, and oh, Sports Illustrated basically shut down last week. Pretty much the entire digital media ecosystem that myself and a lot of other millennial journalists came up in has been completely hollowed out. And it's not just digital media sites. Local news has been obliterated. The newspaper industry is cratering. Radio is essentially dead, aside from NPR, which has been gutted. Meanwhile, hundreds of workers at Condé Nast, the parent company of pretty much every major magazine from GQ to Vogue to The New Yorker to Vanity Fair, are on strike because they're also facing impending layoffs. Even mainstream national media outlets owned by billionaires like The Washington Post. Hey, why do people say, well, it's owned by a billionaire? <clears throat> why don't the billionaire just bail it out? Because billionaires don't, the, the guy that owns the uh, the L.A. Times is a billionaire, but billionaires don't like to lose 20, uh, 30 to $40 million every year. Uh, neither does uh, Bezos. Yeah, you, that's how they become billionaires is not losing that money <laughs> all year time. Where I work and The Atlantic, where I used to work, have done layoffs. If you're a young journalist say there's almost no on-ramp to traditional journalism. Even if you do you get a job. destroy traditional journalism. Uh, why are people so freaked out about it? Well, if you work in journalism, you'd be freaked out about it. But if you're if you're if you're a consumer of the crap they put out, I don't think it bothers anybody. Yeah, anybody coming into journalism should be uh, mad at the way they've destroyed it. Well, Florida granny, when I remember this, how long ago was this? A couple months, maybe a year ago. Yeah. Down at Fort Pierce in a retirement community there. Spanish Lakes Fairways. Uh, drug in the, uh, <clears throat> a drug out of the water, drowned, killed, half eaten, whatever they do. Uh, they're suing the Wind Corp, the manager of the retirement company. They say that blame, bears the blame. Uh, they A, they say they knew that there was a 10-foot alligator in that pond. They, they, they knew it. It had a name. They called it Henry. It was often seen on the shores of that little retention pond. Um, even uh, staff at the community, residents and staff, regularly fed the gator. Bad move. They did post some, no, uh, some warnings. They posted no warnings about it prior to this, but after they killed someone, then they put some signs up. <laughs> <clears throat> so here, the, here's the sad part, that... She was more or less forced to walk her pup around that palm, her little dog, because uh, she tried to walk her dog in the front yard like most people do, down the sidewalk. Um, They could not do it. Homeowners, associations, communities, strict rules forbid it. Um, Spanish Lakes is one of these communities that has a rule you cannot walk your dog in the streets of your own community. In fact... The grandmother, Gloria, was given a violation and an eviction warning for walking her small dog in front of her own house. Well, how's that working out for you? Yeah, we're about to get sued into oblivion. Yeppers. Yeah, when I first saw the headline, I was like, okay, you know, it's uh, Florida. You should always assume that there is an alligator if there's a body of water around, no matter what. Uh, but when then I saw that they forced her to walk the dog around the lakes, then yep. immediately, yeah, they, they've lost this, this money. They better just go ahead and pay out for whatever they can. 
uh, try to uh, get out of this as best they can. Um, there's video of this. The one I saw just stops right away as it starts to come out of the water. And it looked like it was going for her dog, but apparently got her by the leg. And... No, it was going for her dog, and she tried to stop it. Oh. That's why I got a hold of her. You can have my dog. <laughs> From the gator's mouth. The trapper called in to uh, get it, said it was on the bottom. Didn't It never surfaced the whole time they were looking for him. They got two hooks in him and a hard line to get him on shore. I guess they had to uh, kill it, right? I mean, they had to kill it if it kills a person, right? Yeah. Man. What a way to go. Yeah, they're going to get paid. Uh, Alabama executed their first inmate with nitrogen. Kenneth Eugene Smith. Uh, He survived a botched execution. Um, He was uh, made to inhale, inhale a toxic gas through a mask that would deprive his body of oxygen until he suffocated. That's a... I don't know. That sounds pretty cruel, doesn't it? It's really not. I mean, if you were to give him some 90 juice, and then you put the mask on, but apparently he was trying to pull the mask off. He was holding his breath. He was trying to do different... If you... Honestly, if you just breathe in deep of the nitrogen, uh, it is Quicker. pretty quick, yes. Because it just replaces uh, your, all the oxygen in your blood. One guy there, the family's spiritual advisor, Jeff Hood, said it was the worst thing he'd ever seen. He claimed even prison officials were visibly surprised at how bad this went. We didn't see somebody go unconscious in 30 seconds. What we saw was minutes of someone struggling for their life. We saw minutes of someone heaving back and forth, spit, all sorts of stuff in his mouth, Developing on the mask, the mask, uh, his mask uh, tied to the, he was tied to the gurney, ripping his head forward over and over and over again. Um, his spiritual advisor said, Kenny was by no means a perfect person. No. Uh, he murdered a woman. On, he was paid $1,000 to kill a woman's husband. So they wanted to cash out on his insurance. Stabbed to death in the home. Mm. Um, he called that execution a, a bittersweet day. The husband of the, the... I mean, the lady, I guess. He described Eugene's ex- ex- uh, execution as weight off his shoulders. He said he forgave... Uh, he forgave him a long time ago for what he's done, and uh, the Bible says evil deeds have consequences. I mean, <clears throat> no one wants to see, I don't know, do you want to see the guy suffer? Uh, if he brutally murdered my mom, like they said, which was, again, they one of the officers that they they interviewed said that when he entered that room, he had never seen that much blood in a, in a room. <sighs> 22 minutes. So I I don't feel bad. Um, in his final statement, he said, Tonight Alabama causes humanity to take a step backwards. I'm leaving with love, peace, and light. After I stabbed that lady over and over and over again. 
Yeah, now all of a sudden I found love, peace, and yeah. light. It's just an amazing thing. You'll see some light here in a minute, buddy. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. The fact is that people get to witness it. That's got a weird thing, isn't it? Uh, it's odd, but uh, they, that's how they, you know, they just slit his throat behind a dumpster. That's true. Which would have been quicker and probably Oh, yeah. Faster, probably so. would have been less pain, painful to him, too. You know, less of a uh, chaotic struggle. This is the, the big, this is a Florida man, Florida man story if I ever heard one. Michael Banks, 42 years old. Uh, he shot three women last week <clears throat> at a home, killing one after allegedly admitted he wanted to be his daughter's boyfriend. He wanted a romantic relationship with his own daughter. Florida. Come on, guys. Yeah. Uh, Let's get together here. He found his mother and his 17-year-old daughter outside the home. Uh, when the cops arrived there, there was no... Uh, he opened fire on the cops. They didn't hit him. Uh, yeah, that's a bad look. I mean, do you admit that? Apparently he did. Before the shooting, he reportedly wrote a letter to his daughter saying he should enter, she should enter into a relationship with him and not date anyone else. Wanted him all to, his, all to himself. His mother said she and, uh, and her were discussing forcing him to move out of the home because he was pursuing a romantic relationship with his daughter. And after the discussion, uh, the mother said he, she heard a gunshot, turned around, and saw the woman, Miss Muentes, fall to the floor. Then he shot her, grazing her head. She ran out of the house. Uh, they go on to show Banks' daughter was in the shower when she heard the gunfire. Banks shot her in the leg as she ran out of the house. That's your girlfriend. Is <laughs> first degree murder, three counts of uh, attempted murder, and being a felon in possession of a of, of a handgun of a firearm. <laughs> uh. <laughs> His, his mother said, now look, you can't be, you, your, your daughter can't be your girlfriend. You need to move. Oh, this is, I wonder if he's had, you know, physical relationship with his 17-year-old daughter. I mean, did, did she yeah, was know she about this? Yeah, was she, she, I mean, he shot her in the leg afterwards, so I don't know, maybe she wasn't in on, on this whole thing. Yeah, maybe it was news to her. God, that's just. <laughs> can't be having no more daughter-girlfriends. Yeah, that's illegal. Uh, yeah, there's, that's uh, they should have called the cops when he before this. You know what I mean? And said, "Hey, this is a 42 year old man trying to pursue a relationship with a 17 year old daughter." There's a lot of questions that are going around that whole area. Like, did they say no to begin with? And that's when he was like, "Ah, I'm gonna go get a gun because this is gonna happen." Was she in on it? Did she know? Were they going to run away together? Was she showering up to, to, to jump in a car with him and leave uh, and go on and live their life together? Was she shocked when he then showed up and shot her in the leg? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know much about Missouri. I've never been to the state of Missouri. I'd like to. Here it's gorgeous. I knew a guy from there. He was the, the greatest state ever. But 
there's a new motion in that state Senate to adopt a rule that I can get behind 100%. I'm ready for every state. He's proposed an amendment. Uh, Missouri State Democrat Nick Schroer. I'm sorry, is he a Democrat? Yeah. No. Yes. Uh, to bring back the duel. He said if the senator's honor is impugned by another senator to to the point that it's beyond repair and in order to that offended senator to gain satisfaction, such senator may rectify the perceived insult to the senator's honor by challenging the offending senator to a duel. The trusted representative known as the second of the offended senator shall send a written challenge to the offending senator. The two senators shall agree to the terms of the duel, including a choice of weapons, which shall be witnessed and enforced by their respective seconds, the duel shall take place in the well of the Senate at the hour of high noon and on the date agreed to by the parties of the duel. Um, is it metaphorical? Uh, I mean, obviously, we're not going to let people shoot at each other with guns in the Senate, in the well of the Senate in Missouri. Uh, why not? If it's law. It's evident to new members of the Senate that success of a priority legislation is currently dependent on personalities and old wounds preventing important language from becoming law. Until personal disputes find resolution and true leaders step forward to be the first to put aside personal feelings for the betterment of Missouri, we will continue to su- suggest ways to find resolution. I mean, could you, you know, duel old Marcus of Queensbury rules, you know, put, put the gloves on and. Uh, I think they should just do it medieval style where you got to uh, pick your champion. So all of a sudden now we've got. Uh, oh, know, yeah. We got two members of Congress that are like, yeah, OK, well, uh, I've got uh, John's Bone Jones, and this is over the, on the other corner. That's your fight, your fight, right. or whatever, UFC fight, whoever wins. Uh, we pass legislation. <laughs> um, in a statement, uh, another senator called this legislative session an embarrassment. The beginning of the 2024 session of the Senate has been nothing short of an embarrassment. A chamber designed to be occupied with civil principled statesmen and women have been overtaken by a small group of self interested career politicians who all too often remind me more of my children than my colleagues. They did have an eight-hour filibuster to hold up the approval of 25 appointments of the new of Governor Mike Mike Parson. Uh, I like it. I, I'd rather do it outside, though. Well, you know, and you have to use a old flintlock. You know, that shoots a, a, mm. a ball. You, know, you stuff the. You know, I think it's got to be done the old-fashioned way. Oh, we can give them a couple of Nerf guns or something like that. <laughs> You know, they won't die, but they'll definitely lose their honor. Uh, Oregon may be turning a corner. Or at least one county. Yeah, but we heard, uh, uh, what was the Oregon story yesterday? Wow, why am I blanking on that? What was the story yesterday? Oh, the returning uh, drug charges. Oh, yeah, we're going back to making drugs illegal again. (laughs) Clackamas County, Oregon, has announced its equity inclusion office will be closing. On February 5th, after eight months of discussion, it costs $1 million a year. Um, and it was unnecessary. Nobody really knew what they did. They're very divisive. Uh, it's, 
they're going back to the old system of merit. The the county will recognize people on merit from here on in, says Emmett Wheatfall, a former county diversity manager who retired in 2019, uh, said it was a backwards step. It had two full-time employees, and it was a million dollars a year. Yeah, I'd love to know. They probably need to do some uh, accounting on that division, too, that if it's a million dollars. An audit. Yeah, a little audit on what's going on here. Uh, A Republican nurse in U.S. Navy reservist, Ben West, became one of the five members uh, of the city county commissioners last year. He said that office is not working in the interest of the residents. We believe it is really important to focus on merit, not to racialize the workplace in the county. We didn't want that in our county any longer. Uh, they value the individual. We value you regardless of your immutable traits. Common sense. Can you imagine? I mean, if every county in, in, in every state had a DEI department, what a colossal waste of money. Mm-hmm. And what what would they do? Just walk around from the city. Okay, let's go down to the uh, water treatment center. Mm, too many white people here. Make a note of it. Yeah, I mean, they only had two employees for this big county. Uh, it's a it's a massive county. Yeah. And were they just every day they were looking through uh, the rolls and like okay, seeing uh, just not a lot. I've seen a lot of white people in all these businesses. We got to figure out how to make it less white people. Uh. It's really funny because you know, people say, "Oh no, if you're if we're going going back to merit, we're, we're we're just we're going in reverse. We need progress. Progress is DEI." Some said we're saddened. My hope is that we can return to moving forward again, but right now it seems like we're going in reverse. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting any money anymore because that's what the reverse is. I mean, is there any? Uh, I mean. Uh, if you looked up the job description of a DEI employee, well, I don't even know what they would do other than count yeah. races, of count the number of people and, and and make note of their race. We're looking at the diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we go, uh, if we find a place that's got too many of uh, one race, we go in there and we tell them, oh, now, here's our... Uh, uh, we think your guys aren't qualifying under DEI, so here's our $200,000 seminar that you have to take, and uh, we're going to tell you why you're wrong in it with everything that you're doing. And I'm going to lunch for just three hours. Oh, I love it when things... Uh, <laughs> there's so many examples of this lately. What was it yesterday? Oh, the plastic bags. You got rid of the little plastic film bags, and that made people invest in in reusable bags, which now use you, this it, it, it now use three hundred or three times what the old amount of plastic you used. I don't know why the Biden administration would believe that to make a federal regulation that would says that you you cannot display a tribal artifact without the permission from the tribe, which has practically roped off half of most museums. The Native American exhibits at the the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. They had to close half the building down. (laughs) No one could know. That's so stupid. People are looking at these, these artifacts for 
years and years and years. This museum's been there 154 years. It's got 35 million artifacts, and if any of them have to do uh, with Native Americans, you've got to find that tribe and ask their permission. What 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 it's good just, does that do? It, it it doesn't do any good. Again, the, the half those tribes don't exist anymore, or they've been absorbed into other tribes. Right, and or, the ones that do exist, those artifacts are, and they're probably proud that their people and their heritage and their culture is being shared. But you you not no you have to get their permission. Well, I would imagine that these artifacts are owned by the American Museum of Natural History. They are. Are we going to have to call Rembrandt up to get a, his permission to pay? You know, put his painting in the museum. The halls we are closing. They say are artifacts of an era when museums such as ours did not respect the values and perspectives, and indeed shared humanity of indigenous peoples. So now we're not going to even talk about them. I guess not. I mean, that's uh, they're. The museum's job is to put it on display to talk about the history and all that. Yeah. Uh, now you're just basically saying, nope, they can't even talk about it. Doesn't exist. Uh, they, you gotta, if you, they want to put it on display, they have to put it on display themselves, not here at this museum. That's where a perfect place to put right. it. Right. So, so we won't learn about these tribes any longer. You don't want to educate young kids and young Americans about uh, Native Americans and different tribes, the Iroquois, the, I mean, the Cree and Cheyenne, all the, all the, all the, and I think this was one of those. This that, is a racing history that the administration didn't think this one through. They thought it was just sounded good on paper. Yeah. Where they're like, "Oh yeah, we don't want uh, uh, we don't want the uh, the small town uh, Oklahoma City that has a couple uh, arrowheads on it to have to put that on display because that's stealing a, propo- a cultural hey, appropriation." Did anyone call the Cree Indians and go, "Hey, do you upset at all about the artifacts in the new, in the Museum of Natural History in New York City?" I, I guarantee you, this is nothing but white liberal, mainly women. But they thought they were shutting down those small places and didn't think, oh, wait, that's right. Our museum is 90% that, the <laughs> biggest one in the middle of New York there. It's called the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act. Uh, they, they, they say several of these items that have been on display at the museum for years were, in many cases, donated by people who had found them digging up sacred burial grounds. Stolen. They say they're stolen. Okay, that's how all archaeology is. Yeah, everything that, that, that's on display that has been the, the uh, product of an archaeological survey or dig. Uh, I mean, you can't steal it from somebody who doesn't own it. You know? I mean, are you going to have to? Everything would have to be that at that case. Uh, if you are like, hey, we've got uh, parts from an old uh, Civil War plantation sugar farm. Uh, okay, are you calling the, the old that family that used to own that land and be like, hey, can we put on that stuff that you guys own on yeah. display there? It's ridiculous. Ay, ay, ay. All right. Uh, when we return, I, I'd like to see a company that, you know, for example, you own a retail, a little, I don't know, Mama Pop, uh, a bodega, whatever, and someone comes in to rob it, and you beat the brakes off the guy. You're, if you're working for Shando's Bodega, you're getting a bonus. Yeah, you should get an employee of the month plaque. Oh, at least not at Starbucks. We'll talk about it next. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Every three minutes, a baby is born with a cleft, making it difficult to talk, hear, eat, and even breathe. 
many won't receive the treatment they need to thrive. Through training and financial support, Smile Train gives the power of healing back to local communities so they can provide life-changing surgeries and other services at no cost to families. Help us change the world one smile at a time. To learn more, visit smiletrain.org slash learn. WFYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Donnellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. Tucker went to uh, Canada, filled up a whole auditorium, gave a little speech. Was that what his threat was that you called and told everybody he was coming for? Yeah. There are, uh, Canadians aren't happy about it either. Here's one of the uh, liberal douchebags. Uh, we're here, I'm here with my colleagues, liberal caucus members, ministers all, to talk about what happened last night in Edmonton when the premier of the province of Alberta, Daniel Smith, invites Tucker Carlson right into the heart of my riding. You can tell a lot about a person by the company they keep. And I have knocked those doors in Edmonton Centre. And I know how progressive a riding Edmonton Centre is. I've represented it since 2015. And for Danielle Smith to bring the mouthpiece of the mega conservative far right to Edmonton Centre to spew hate about LGBTQ2 people is beyond the pale. It's deplorable. And we won't stand for it. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I, if that was happening in America, I would I would respond. Well, that's a free country, dude. But I, I'm not so sure up in Canada. Uh, but that's this. This is um, a mindset that is infecting every bit of Western civilization. If you don't like what someone has to say, you should be able to stop them from saying it. And it's just like I'm inviting um, a speaker, you know, Matt Walsh to a college to speak. Uh, these kids are. Literally, these are grown politicians have been in politics probably better half of their lives uh, that cannot stand an opposing opinion. Uh, he brought Tucker Carlson there, so I had to go door to door. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, it looked like to me <laughs> that, that place was packed. He had, it had a capacity of uh, 20,000. It was packed to the rafters. He got standing O's the whole time. So Edmonton apparently enjoyed it. Yeah. They can't stand that they have opposing views. And they can't stand that those opposing views are popular. Pussies. Yeah, well, they're starting to learn now that their uh, old uh, Prime Minister, Mr. Trudeau, there is not uh, as much power as he thought he had, though, lately. Yeah. Do you know that now the Navy, in the the United States Navy, you no longer have to have, they've dropped high school degree, a diploma, or a GED equivalent from the requirements to be in the United States Navy. That, that should be requirement number one, like at, at the least. You, you can't get a, a job at a Tasty Freeze without a GED. Yeah. Here's the guy breaking the news. I'm about to call the United. I'm about to call the United States Navy. You're going to want to hear this conversation. America's Navy. This is Petty Officer Adam. Hey, Adam. This is Cody. I'm calling from Washington State. Hello, Cody. I am in Oregon State. Yes. I just heard on TikTok that you guys are no longer requiring GEDs or high school diplomas. Is that true? Will do, senior. You still there? Yes. Okay. So the new work, so yes, apparently it is. that is correct. Uh, the, but the caveat to that is you have to score 50 or above on the ASVAB. 
All right. Well, thank you for clarifying that. Looks like we're going to war. That's that's what everybody believes. Because you need to get people in the Navy. There might be some doofuses out there that want to be in the Navy or be in some of the armed services, but they can't get into it because they didn't finish high school. Yeah, but uh, how did most people that's going to score in a 50 above on an ASVAB probably isn't it? That's their minimum there that they're going for. How, is, how difficult is the ASVAB? I was I took it. And I was in the upper percentile, yeah. like 99th percentile on it. Can he be an idiot and still pass it? Yeah, I'm sure you can. Hmm. It, of all the ones I took, I thought it was the easiest of them, between the SATs and the ACTs and the ASVAB. Oh, really? Yeah, easier. It's easier than an SAT. I thought it was. Oh. I've taken that, but I've never taken an ASVAB. So, do you surmise that they're trying to widen the field of potential uh, service people? Well, they have to. We, we're a deficit of up to 50,000 troops in each of our uh, armed forces right now. Uh, they're, uh, the biggest issue is the way they've ruined uh, legacy families as well. Oh, yeah, because they're, they're like, you're not serving. Yeah, there there are multiple now. That's their biggest loss, they said, was of, of legacy military members. Unbelievable. Is that, is that, I mean, do you, you, do you think that we need people because we anticipate a war in the coming years? Or the coming year, maybe? Uh, I don't know if we anticipate it, but are, are we are uh, hemorrhaging troops right now. They did it to themselves. And uh, we will be unprepared. We'll be uh, pulling people off the street. We'll get ready for, to enjoy the draft. We might be, yeah. I have surprised we haven't started the draft again. Do you still have to register for the draft? You don't do that anymore, do you? Yeah. You do? Oh, yeah. When you turn in 18? Yeah, you still have oh. to register. Good. What happens if you don't? I would guarantee you. I think the ton of millennials out that. there that have not registered for the draft. Well, um, like I said, if you uh, you came into Shannon's uh, bodega thinking you're going to rough out my uh, clerk there and he puts the beat down on you with a baseball bat and a coat hanger and a pair of pliers, you're getting a bonus and a couple of days off with pay. Two baristas. Um, beat the brakes off two men to try to rob a Starbucks in Missouri. Uh, 37-year-old Joshua No and 35-year-old Marquise Porter Doyle rushed into the Starbucks with what looked like handguns, demanded the employees hand over the cash register. They say they weren't able to open the safe. No, he hit the employee in the head with his gun, and the gun shattered, proving to them that it was fake. Two of the baristas and some of the customers got in and beat the two... Uh, at least beat the brakes off of one and held him there. The cops got there. The other guy was able to ex- escape. Cops caught it with, up with him later and arrested him. The two alleged robbers are facing 20 felony charges for the robbery, attempted robbery and assault. And instead of, you know, Starbucks went, hey, thanks. They yeah, fired him. Here's, uh, you get one uh, free venti a month now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know why big corporations, what are they afraid of? That one of these guys is going to sue them for damages, for pain and suffering, for their or whatever for the, the assault they they carried out. Yes, that's exactly that. Or that uh, somebody will get hurt during during it, and then they'll get sued. 
uh, be another customer or employee. An attorney for one of the baristas, uh, Michael Harris, says they're filing a lawsuit against Starbucks. Um, the other fired barista was named Devin Jones Ransom. Michael and Devin were promptly fired by the company without explanation as to what, if any, policy they violated or what they should have done differently about the situation. Harris complied to the robber's demands until it was no longer an option for himself or others. And he acted out of fear that he may be killed. He said, uh, Harris said in a statement, I just wanted to do the right thing as a person and an employee. The safety and well-being of our partners, employees, and customers is always our first concern, said Starbucks in a statement. All partners are expected to follow our carefully crafted protocols to ensure safety of customers and partners during these situations. What does that mean? Give them everything? Yes. Let them have whatever they want and leave. Yeah, but what do they start hitting you? Take a couple punches in the face. <laughs> take a, take yeah. a couple for the for the team? Yep. I don't want to work for a company that would fire me for from uh, for for protecting the company. I think that's almost all of them now though. Uh, Unfortunately, well, at least when it comes to big corporations, that's why you see so many places uh the targets, the Home Depots, the world they're just like let them walk out the door, don't try to stop them, don't even uh uh That does something I think to the whole uh, balance of society. Because this is I don't know how uh, maybe the last 15 years this has become a common policy used to not hear about it um but now it's we, we should just don't resist a criminal let them have whatever they want and let them leave even if it would be quite easy for you to subdue them and stop them we wish you wouldn't yeah but the criminal could fall and break a tooth and then they could sue <laughs> really you think the, one of these guys is going to sue for their prison cell yes they will they will have a lawyer waiting for them. Uh, I see you've got a lot of bruises on your face. Did the employee uh, cause those bruises? Yes. Okay. Well, we'll yeah. be suing the Starbucks Corporation. Uh, well, speaking of prisons, tough to make a phone call in South Carolina prisons these days, especially on your uh, uh, butt-smuggled cell phone. In a video released by the South Carolina Department of Corrections, an inmate can be heard calling T-Mobile. I guess he's on the wall phone there, and he's got some credits, and he's called T-Mobile, asking them to reactivate his service. His uh, his uh, his phone was not working. In response, T-Mobile said, uh, "T-Mobile." So we're sorry. T-Mobile has been ordered to disable service to this account because it has been associated with a contraband device. Questions about the disconnection of this service can be addressed to South Carolina Department of Corrections. According to the paper, this service there was disconnected. This, this prison has a newly implemented cell phone blocking system that was installed at the prison over the summer. What it does is it detects all the cell phones in the, that in within its area, whatever the coverage is, and and then you go as the system administrator and say, okay, that's uh, Phil and Accounting's phone, that's the warden's phone, these are all uh, COs and those phones, uh, and the rest, whatever's left over is is a contraband phone somewhere stashed in that damn prison, and it turns them off. Um. And it's working. Since the program has been implemented, 
a total of 875 cell phones have been deactivated within this correctional institute. It's a lot of butt phones. Yes. Wow. I mean, that's got to be the, the the way they, they right? That's got to be the only, I mean, I don't know how else you get it in. You, uh, uh, COs bring them in, you know. Old football, nerf football over the wall. <laughs> With the phone back to the yeah. <laughs> Well, the, uh, at the prison, they're like, these guys, these guys have, and I guess this is commonplace these days, deal, Department of Corrections inst, uh, issued ta- uh, tablets. They've all got like an iPad. And they can email on it, and uh, I, you know, I don't know how much internet access they have, but they can certainly communicate with people on the outside with it, and it's under the same uh, monitoring, monitoring that the uh, phones are, the wall phones. 875 confiscated phones. You see the videos. Guys doing, you know, putting them on Facebook from their jail cell. <laughs> doing TikTok dances from their jail cell. It's amazing to me. Uh, I imagine this would come commonplace, huh? Oh, that system be everywhere. Wow. That, I just love the, the guts on the dude to call on the, the wall phone to be yeah. like, hey, my phone ain't working. Yeah, my baby mama put some money on it. Uh, I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> I have a difficulty with my service provider. <laughs> yeah, he, well, at least, yeah, he called uh, T-Mobile. The T-Mobile knows. That's a contraband device, sir. Smuggling in an anus of a man or a woman. Who knows? We don't really know. Um, apparently, you could commit a robbery, a bank robbery in Illinois as long as you're polite. A dude recently acquitted of bank robbery in Chicago. He was acquitted just last week. His defense team argued that what he did didn't amount to ar- to robbery because he wrote a note to hand to the, the bank cashier that said, give me the money, please, thank you. They said he'd used manners while asking the teller to her- turn over the money. He only walked out with 600 bucks. He was arrested and charged, but a judge acquitted him because... To convict somebody of bank robbery uh, uh, in, in Illinois, prosecutors have to prove that a person acted with intimidation. This and, lawyer deserves a raise, actually. Yes. <laughs> uh, so just three days after his acquittal, he said, I got 600 bucks off of that one. Now I know the way to, to rob a bank. He went back again to another bank. And it read, Please give me the money. I'll pay it back soon. Banker, give it to me in advance. He walked away with about two grand this time. Uh, He was arrested again, a half mile away, less than an hour after the incident. Prosecutors have filed a complaint against him this time for not only uh, bank robbery, but also bank theft, which only requires someone to take money from a bank, even without intimidating anyone in the process. Yeah, they need to close that loophole because yeah. there's going to be a lot of guys. That, there's going to be a lot of like 20 guys like, uh, can I may please have money? Uh, thank you and much love. Yeah, some guy going to walk in there with a rose for the lady <laughs> behind him. Oh, please take this rose and give me the money, please. You're so nice. Thank you. <laughs> you have to be overly nice. <laughs> that's pretty. Uh, that's a loophole. Japan landed on the moon. 
Although there's a little bit of difficulty. Uh, the Precision Moon Lander. Precision. Uh, Is that what they called it? Yeah, not quite as precise as they hoped. Yeah. Uh, not so... No, not really. Uh, Japan's Precision Moon Randa. On a Runa mission. We ran on the moon, but uh, we ran uh, upside down. Yeah, only the fifth country to get to the moon. The Smart Lander. It's, this is the name. Smart Randa for investigating moon. It's a good or, name. Or slim, or swim. It touched down uh, early on Saturday, but the batteries made it hard to first figure out whether the probe landed in the target zone. Uh, and then they realized uh, it was upside down. Harder landing than they figured. Uh, after It took them a few days to realize that it was uh, upside down. The solar panels are facing the wrong direction. It cannot generate any power. Uh, they say there's still hope that it'll be able to recharge when the moon enters its daytime uh, in the coming days. Um, the project manager, Shinjiro Sakai, said the images sent back were just like those he'd imagined and seen in computer renderings. I guess you got to just turn them upside down then, huh? It, it looks just like the moon. Like every other picture of the moon we've seen. Yeah. He's like, it's amazing. It looks yeah. like the moon. Yeah, like the other pictures we saw of the moon. Um, they're pretty proud of themselves. They say they demonstrated they can land wherever they want to. They've opened the door to a whole new era. It's got a an antenna and a camera. It was asked uh, the, the Slim's landing and transmitting images back. Lev 2 is a baseball-sized rover equipped with two cameras developed by the same people together with Sony and a toy company. Uh, it's an autonomous probe. Uh, I guess it'll it can still launch the Lev 2, the, the little vehicle that goes around. If it's upside down, they can just drop it out of it and let it roll. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Also nicknamed the Moon Sniper. We're supposed to look at clues about the origin of the moon, analyzing minerals with a special camera, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they hope to regain confidence for the space technology in their space program there. I mean, if you were from another country and your stuff landed on the moon upside down, you might be hauled out and executed. Yeah. You bring a great disgrace to Japan. I took here you. <laughs> I mean... Maybe a hundred years ago, that guy would have had to uh, commit seppuku right there, and uh, right. <laughs> right there, bleed out on yeah. the floor. And then, his, 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 then they would look to his second in command, like bright side up next time, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yes. Um. The. Uh, I think the dog, the bounty hunter, caused a craze. I mean, a lot of people became bounty hunters after that. Um. So, and it's not difficult to become a bounty hunter. But if you just think you're a bounty hunter and you go out and you get yourself a, a you know, someone's on the run, someone is, uh, you know, bounced on their, on their bond and you take them back to, uh, you know, to jail, you're a kidnapper. 
Yes. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't have a bounty hunter, if you don't register, it's cost a hundred and fifty dollars to register as a bounty hunter. Um, and he was not registered. In order to be registered, you only had to pay a hundred fifty dollar filing fee to the Missouri Department of Commerce and Insurance. He also had to alert local law enforcement aware of his presence when he got there. Uh, he didn't do that either. He called a victim impersonating a law enforcement officer. He told her an arrest warrant could be recalled and a new court date could be scheduled. So she just gave him her address so he could send her the paperwork. Then he and his partner drove out to the, where the woman was staying, uh, barged into their home, hauled her away while she was barefoot in her pajamas. A cop with the St. Peter's Depar- Police Department said he was acting unlawfully, but he ignored the warning and took the woman. He physically and verbally abused the victim throughout their trip back to Louisiana, where she was skipped from. She went into a convenience store. Uh, uh, the victim went into a convenience store clerk for help. He tased her, pulled her by her hair, tied her legs up, and drug her back to his car, all captured on his body camera. He said to her, you have no rights. I own you. No civil rights. You are property. Yikes. Um, he said that he, he continued to threaten her in the car. He said, the next stop will be the hospital. If you don't shut up, you'll never see your kids again. In a sentencing memo, his defense lawyer gave the same version of the events, but painted the situation differently. He said uh, the incident, he, he likened the incident to paperwork oversight rather than a kidnapping. It's just a paperwork oversight, Your Honor. Yeah, it would have been if you had just, like, taken her and not tased her and beat her or threatened yeah. her or anything like that. <laughs> he also said that the cops gave conflicting information about what the man was allowed to do and not to do. He argued the federal kidnapping statute is statute is designed to punish violent criminals, not people doing their job, as made clear by the evidence in case the man was not the uh, the typical defendant that con- uh, Congress contemplated when enacting the Federal Kidnapping Act. Because of this, Mr. Lozier, this is the, the guy, believes that his incredibly unique status warrants an incredibly unique sentence. Uh, he suggested a two-year, or requested a two-year sentence. Uh, prosecutors requested about 12 and a half to 15 year and a half. The judge... Uh, his partner pled guilty to conspiracy and kidnapping, and the judge sentenced her to five years. Uh, the other fella got uh, 20. Ouch. Oh, bad. He could get out. He could, he could get out in ten. Probably should have filled out that paper. Yeah, t- t- <laughs> ten years minimum of your life. Maybe twenty because you thought, you know, his lawyers are. He was just doing his job. No, not really. That's something else. Uh, yeah, you probably go get all the gear. You know, the, the border patrols thing, a patch put on your jacket. You probably get all that on Amazon. Draw mm-hmm. out a side braid. Yeah, uh, you know, you have a. It looks like a, a official badge you're wearing on a on a ball chain around your neck there. It, you know. Official bounty hunter. Yeah, I come from the school of dog the bounty hunter. <laughs> All right, we're gonna uh, break here. When we get back, it's time for your remarks. Also, if you're thinking about ladies, yeah. If you're thinking about ladies, oh, if you're thinking if the ladies are thinking about the, you've heard your friend got a uh, lady plasty. A designer vagina? Think again. 
They're not all the cracked up to be, not all the cracked up to be apparently. Uh, I'll tell you the story of this one woman, and she got it done because her husband said, "quote It was the worst one he'd ever seen." Oh, that's nice. Wow, that true love right there. Wow. <laughs> Uh, and a, a family of one of the Kansas City Chief fans frozen in the backyard of that dude has a theory. Hang on. Uh, I, I, it's a. It's not a, well, maybe it is a bad theory. But I'm sure everybody's, you know, theorizing at this point about what's going on. Uh, we'll do it next. Stick around. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Girls and boys in poverty around the world are dreaming of a better life. Thanks to Children International and friends like you, dreams are coming true. Together we help children to learn, grow, and thrive. Learn more at children.org. This uh, poor woman, 47-year-old woman, she's in uh, Australia. Her name is Vanessa. Uh, she said she had an ex-boyfriend 20 years or 20-something years ago who commented to her that her vagina was, quote, the worst one he had ever seen. Wow. I can see why the next. You don't lead with that. Yeah. She thought I must be, uh, you know, uh, abnormal she started comparing herself to porn stars whose vaginas she could see were, quote, neatly tucked in. So those those comments from a former partner and being cheated on by a former spouse, I mean, it, it really, that's really, uh, would you ever? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine. Wow. Oh, my God. That's the worst vagina I've ever seen. That looks like a half a pound of black forest ham. Shaved. Are you related to the predator? <laughs> so she started researching it. She found a vaginal surgery called labiaplasty. Cost about 3500 bucks. She said a doctor took about an inch or more of the skin that he originally said he would. She said she wanted a little trim. Just a little, get it right above the ears, I guess. Yeah. She, uh, he didn't let the skin, fall. I don't know. He cut off more than he should have. Uh, she said, I specifically said I only wanted the edges taken off. Nothing beyond that. He was using a laser. I could smell my skin burning and see the smoke in the room. Uh, she said it was debilitating. She couldn't walk. I went home and I was icing it all day. It was constantly burning. I had to get a week to recover. It was still in a lot of pain. She said around three weeks after the surgery, she noticed that her vulva was swollen. It looked like the stitches were going to pop out of it. Ugh. He fused my labia majora to the entrance of her vagina. She couldn't see any labia minora. He had removed the flesh to the bone. Yikes. Jesus. Was this the guy's first day with a laser? Yeah. I wanted to believe it with all my heart that it wasn't botched. I was waiting for the part of my body to die. It was scary. Uh, I was getting UTIs every couple of months because there was no barrier. There's no labia majoria, majora anymore to protect from things, germs getting in. Uh, tampons is difficult and sex is excruciatingly painful. 
She said, I want to have a baby one day, but thought of pushing a kid out of my vagina. It's so troubling. I don't think I could do it. I mean, really, at some point in your life, only one person is going to see that thing from here on in, right? Yeah, theoretically. And, yeah, theoretically. And I, I imagine it feels the same for the dude. Yeah, that dude was just just, just being a douchebag. Have you ever heard of this, Heather, this procedure? Uh, I've heard of it, but never that bad. Ugh, it sounds horrible. The fact that she said there was smoke filling the room is just... <laughs> yeah, 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 take it off a little too much there, Doc. I think it's funny. She said, I, I specifically told him I just wanted to trim. You know, just, just tighten me up around the edges there, if you don't mind, Doc. This guy's over there smoking meat, apparently. <laughs> uh, just burning you alive with a, with a laser. God, I feel so bad for her. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, any late, uh, any new news on the Kansas City Chiefs fans frozen? Not that I've seen. David Harrington, one of the guys, was found dead there. Uh, the uh, He's one of the victims. The family are anxious about the toxicology reports, uh, that... His father's not buying the dude Willis's, the guy that lives there, his version of what happened. He said his mother and I are both convinced that Jordan Willis played a part in this somehow. We just haven't figured it out yet. What else could it be? Perfectly healthy men don't just drop off the face of the earth. There were four of you in the house, and now three of them are dead, and you're not. That doesn't add up. I'm thinking that he, the three of them, learned something or saw something that they shouldn't have seen. And he decided, well, now I need to get rid of you. Friends or not. That's real. Look, I know it's tragic. You've lost a loved one very unexpectedly. and But your head is just, you're spinning right now. That's what it's like. Like the guy is, uh, you know, some kind of uh, uh, top. Wait, what could he have seen? Hey, what, man, I, I know the Chiefs just won, but I wandered through your office. Is this the Epstein client list? <laughs> He said, I'm aware they may have done a substance that was questionable, but the idea was to get high, not dead. If they're supposed to be friends, why didn't Willis come find them? I'm sure they have a hundred different answers to that, but that's my question. I still, if the guy, they did see something, he had to kill them. I doubt he would have dumped him in his backyard. Right. I mean, yeah. Well, okay. So, what are you? Are we assuming since this guy was a chemist, or it wasn't a doctor? He was a chemist that he may have had some chemicals and syringes, and I mean, it's possible he made a little uh, quick meth or something like that. Some quick meth, huh? Yeah, you can do that with a Mountain Dew bottle. In, yeah, Mountain Dew bottle in the middle of a Walmart. What? Yeah, look it up. Wow. <laughs> um, is, is the Harrington guy's mother? Acknowledged that while her son smoked cigarettes and drank beer with his buddy, she doesn't believe that he would do uh, overdose on drugs. She said, yeah, I believe that something happened tonight and that Jordan had something to do with it. We all believe that Jordan had something to do with it. Willis, Jordan Willis uh, didn't leave his home for two days, giving him ample time to get rid of, get rid of and clean up any evidence. She's very frustrated uh, that he also, uh, they haven't made Willis take any drug or alcohol tests since the bodies were found. And she concludes her statement with, Jordan's not telling the truth. 
When you tell the truth, your story is solid. When you're lying, that your story that when you're lying, your story changes, and that's what's been happening. I don't understand why the police don't see that. They're emphatic that Willis is not a suspect. Uh, but if he was, would they say it? Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they would have arrested him already if he was a suspect. Oh, that's true. So he wouldn't be out there just getting rid of all that evidence. Of that and then the you know you got the guy, the fifth guy that left who uh, was there. He left around midnight and said that they are all watching Jeopardy. And police said that Jordan Willis allowed them to search his home. Yeah, the fifth guy would have told everybody if everybody was up shooting up weird drugs. It's not like after that fifth guy left, like all right, the square's Thank gone. Thank God, nerd's gone. Yeah. yeah, let's do the weird drugs. What about the drugs. <laughs> it, it's a tough one to to you know. Uh, it's a tough one to to figure out. I saw you. You see the this is the pictures of the backyard, and evidently the snow is cleared, I yeah. guess, or melted, or whatever. But it doesn't look like to me like there's anything out there. It's a big yard. We've got a big tree in it, a couple of raised beds. But I don't see, uh, only way back here under this little covering, I see a couple of chairs. So I, I still, we don't know. where Were they sitting in a chair? Yeah, it doesn't say. Oh, I mean, were they face down the ground underneath some snow? Or? Right. Um, Willis has a Ph.D. As a senior principal scientist at AIVI Neutralizing Antibody Center's Sheaf Lab in Kansas City. Neutralizing antibodies. Oh, he must have neutralized their antibodies. Mm-hmm. The jury has reached a verdict in the uh, E. Jean Carroll's second defamation case against Donald Trump. It's sure it'll be a ridiculous amount. $24 million is what 24? Yeah. She That's got $5 million the first time around? Yeah, the number I've been hearing is about $24 million. This is insane. All he did to say he didn't do it. It is, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, literally, when a judge tells the defense prosecutor during or the defense while they're doing their closing statements that they can't say that Eugene is lying, when the whole defense is that she's lying, that is amazing. What, what, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be appealed, I'm sure, both of them, yeah. I imagine. Um, let's play What is Biden Saying? Beer brewed here. It is used to make the brew beer. It is fine. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why. <laughs> we love you. You're so funny. The beer brewed here is a beer. Is a beer. The battery runs out on them sometimes. Yeah, it's it's uh, pretty embarrassing. Come on. I'm trying to get my machine to work here. All right, want to get to some remarks? Yes. From the Florida Man Radio app and powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats, get the app, listen to old shows, take the whole station with it wherever you go and hit the little microphone at the bottom when you want to talk to us. Here we go. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I smell a huge business opportunity. I think the CEO of Gatorland needs to get on the horn ASAP to Governor Abbott and deploy... <laughs> A Rio Grande operation, an aquatic security force, if you will, seems to be the obvious choice. Beauty, There are crocodiles in Texas. Not a whole lot, though. You try to kind of, well, to keep them off the banks of the of the United States, United States banks. You know, you got to build some kind of a cage, a net system. You could just imagine Gatorland. Oh God! Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> we got us a bunch of gators down there. <laughs> Ooh, we gators eating Lake Lilies over here. <laughs> and the 
free. Hey, guys, free. Happy Friday. Um, hey, I hate to let the air out of your balloons, but uh, if we don't change the minion voting machines and mail-in ballots, all this is for naught. <laughs> and then I don't know what you're going to do, Shannon, on the monologue when you count, day the, count down the days of uh, Biden in office. Uh, uh, what's going to be the new shtick? Anyway, nice show, guys. What was his spiritual advisor saying when he was committing the murder? I'm just kind of curious. Vito, Vito. Yeah. What was Probably went around. Did you see his spiritual advisor? No. Oh, the dude was wearing a hat with no, a long like hair, bald with oh. like a long goatee. He looked like a, like a Rasputin looking dude. Just he had a long like frock. A, yeah. Like a, uh, a hat or frock. Yeah. Wow. I only been to Missouri one time. Stopped at a gift shop. Got a dolphin magnet with the state of Missouri name on it. Go figure that one. <laughs> why, why would Missouri have a dolphin on a magnet? That's hysterical. <laughs> Don Daytona. It's never a good day when anybody has to die for any reason. Um, that being said, the burden that a select few people have to bear to bear witness of the execution of truly bad people to ensure that justice has been established. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. Wish it wasn't, but it is. I was in the car with my program director of a news station I worked for here uh, years ago. And on our way to Stark to uh, be a media witness for the execution of Leroy Bodison. And the governor gave him a pardon about halfway there. Turned around and came back. I wasn't... Truly th- thrilled about it, but I thought it was important. Are they going to have to shut down the state of Indiana because it has to hunt down all the tribes to get approval to use the term Indiana <laughs> and shut down the state capital of Indianapolis because it's not got approval from Native Americans or indigenous people to use that name of Indian, which we know is not correct, but we're getting ridiculous. Yeah, according to to the progressive movement, uh, Illinois should be called Indigenoi, and Indianapolis should be called Indigenapolis. When I went to the Museum of Natural History, it was my very favorite thing. Um, Archaeology and historical artifacts like that. So at the end, you know, they have a gift shop. You can get, I don't know, an arrowhead or something. To, to take with you um do are they gonna make me send that back i really like it i turned one of them into a christmas ornament you can't take that well it was i probably wasn't made by indigenous peoples uh you know they bought that from some knockoff shop yeah that was out of a chinese uh, factory somewhere i am so over the day-to-day bullcrap that we still do for the last 70 years where it's been very clear that we the people have no control when have we went in and voted on anything when are we there at the capitol building to tell what they're doing and answer them that this is what we want or not want where do we the people ever get to show up and make any of these decisions that come out out of everywhere and anywhere and we're left alright it's called a representative government you elect the guy you think is going to make this, the same decision you'd like to go up there and represent you and make it on your behalf. That's when you do it. I miss listen people guy. Him and Sam would get along. Oh, I bet they would. 
Hey, guys. I honestly don't see how anybody with half a brain can still support this Biden administration. At this point, I mean, they are threatening our survival here. (laughs) You know, what is it going to take? Our power grid being taken out and these people freezing to death to wake them up? Good Lord. Idiots wrapped in morons. Be-do-be-do. Did you see what what the verdict was? No, how much was it? $18.8 million in damages, $65 million in punitive damages. Well, never. <laughs> that's, even, that's more than what they requested. That's, yeah. that's a joke. <clears throat> okay, they're just trying to break him, I think. Yeah. Hey, this is Willie in Beverly Hills. Hey, the Navy dropping those requirements, man. When I went to the recruiter uh, for the Marine Corps right after 9-11, I didn't have a GED or high school diploma. I had to score 80 or above on the ASVAB, which was easy, the easiest thing I ever took. And uh, they told me that if I had a high school diploma or GED, that all I had to do was score 50 or above. Wow. We're screwed. Man. I was simply asked to get a GED while during my time there in the Navy. That's all that was required. Now, I finished my tour in the Navy and did not accomplish getting that GED nor all my college degrees till I got into the state penal system of the state of Texas. There, I stayed busy and I got all my degrees. Hmm. Well, I must have spent a bit of time in the uh, penal system. Breaking news. Laid off L.A. Times reporter sits on street corner with sign reading, We'll call you racist for food. Story at 11. Time Daytona. And on that day, the sisters learned that their cell phones would no longer work. And Shannon learned that he was no longer going to be receiving his regular shipments of Jameson. Huh. It was a sad day. That would be a sad day. Hey, guys, F. Dub in the tub up here again in uh, Okaloosa Island. Uh, I hate to tell you this, uh, Canada only has a population of 35 million people, and I would tell half these snowbirds that come down here all the time, you'd have uh, twice as many people, but half of you guys live in Arizona and Florida. And you know what? It's like Robin Williams said, uh, living in Canada is like living in an apartment over a good party. Have a good weekend, boys. Yeah. Beat a beat That's funny. You know, Shano, I think uh, that that Department of Corrections place that you talked about, I didn't catch the name of the uh, prison, they should go one step further. They could probably solve some crimes and listen in. Possibly, could that be done? Instead of just shutting them down, couldn't they get the information? I imagine there's a lot of texts that are going back and forth between inmates and outsiders. I don't know. Well, Just a thought. Be-do, be-do. I thought about it, too. The... the, uh but I think they'd fall into a legal kerfuffle about getting a warrant yeah. to 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 snoop on a cell phone that was in someone's possession illegally without first getting the cell phone. Yeah, it's just easier for them to shut them all off. Yeah. Whoa. You're making me remember my mom dating this bounty hunter. He was, wow, he was this gigantic um wore a big cowboy hat <laughs> i don't know a whole bit 
spurs on his boots and things. I mean, he was a bad ass and my dad hated him. But that's another story. But I wonder what it does cost to become one. $150 and you're just one? You gotta have more attitude than that. 150 bucks and some stuff you got from uh, makes you look official. Yeah, you gotta do a weekend course, too. Yeah, probably get a belt with, uh, you know, all your stuff in it. Man, imagine how dumb you have to be to be that bank robber who got away with it. And you know how pissed off those prosecutors were. I mean, getting made fun of by other coworkers, and, and and this dude goes out and puts himself right back in their courtroom, and he like, God, man, that like that, that that's got to be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. In the early two thousands, I was taking jujitsu classes uh, in L.A. And the instructor was a bounty hunter, and he was also in a heavy metal band. And um, a couple of his bandmates were also bounty hunters. And he told me the story about how him and his bandmates unloaded their van, hauled ass to Michigan to catch this guy that jumped bail for, like, tax evasion or something, some nerdy office dude. But apparently he's worth a lot of money. They found him, zip-tied him, threw him in the back of the van with some Fritos, and uh, drove back to L.A. like that. <laughs> A woman in Australia with a vagina. Honey, you got nothing to worry about. Vaginas are like belly buttons. <clears throat> you just happen to have an Audi instead of an Innie. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't want to step out of my lane here or anything, but uh, what does the, uh, the Japanese moonlander and uh, Putin's mom uh, have in common? Well, they're both basically uh, on their back and uh, they can't move. Uh, Putin's mom. Putin's mom. Sorry. I feel like the lady with the vaginoplasty isn't familiar with buyer beware. Maybe should have done some further research upon such subject. Dr. Dan really laid it out on a better method. Probably would have been easy to Google that. Just saying. I heard it this morning. Um... But if you ever want to talk yourself out of a procedure, just go search for botched procedure, whatever the procedure is, and hit images. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, one more. Come on down to Stevie Wonder's Laser Labia Emporium. <laughs> no muff too tough. All right. Beat it, beat it. <laughs> Poor lady. She should have called Dan Diaco on uh, Bubba the Love Sponge show. He would have fixed her up. Yep, he does that. Eh, far be it from me, eh, to comment on eh, this labiaplasty or whatever they call it, eh, but they're all beautiful flowers. Eh, they're all unique. Eh, eh, you shouldn't change that. Eh, it's what God gave you. Eh, but then again... Eh, if you're walking in a field and every you just saw one on on the ground that wasn't attached to a woman, every you'd run for your life and every grab a pitchfork. That's all we have the time for right now. Get the app, hit the button. We'll do it again in the uh, final hour of the program. Uh, is darkness uh, ahead of us? We're talking wrongful arrests. What wrongful arrests? Yep, you're arrested. Or you didn't commit the crime. Sometimes. Do they do some, they do they do some time too? Well, some of them. Some of them. Uh, they mistook the word for uh, some terroristic acts for the word for salad. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll do it next. This is Shannon Burke show on the Florida Man Radio Network today. 
Get your 30 seconds of fame. Download the free Florida Man radio app now and click on the open mic button. Thank you for another awesome year of radio. Be-doo, be-doo. I'm thankful that I get to spend two hours with you guys. Y'all talking about being scared of stuff. I reckon I just ain't scared of nothing anymore. I don't worry about a thing. I appreciate y'all, you know, doing everything y'all talk about. Y'all doing good, man. Appreciate it. Be-doo, be-doo. Leave your open mic now with the Florida Man Radio app. WFYY HD3 Windermere. WXUS HD3. W266DY Tonellan. WZLB Valparaiso. Florida Man Radio. Um, do you look rich or poor? I'm not talking about your clothing. Um, a new study out of the University of Glasgow uh, surveyed people about what makes somebody look rich. Um, if you make a snap, superficial judgment about somebody. Carried out while participants from Western cultures determined what facial features were associated with being in high or low social standing. Based on their perception alone. <clears throat> they determined that people with more narrow faces... Smiley, upturned mouths, raised brows, and closely spaced eyes with a light, warmer complexion look wealthy. They also associate those facial features with trustworthiness, competence, and warmth. Meanwhile, people with wider, shorter, and flatter faces, as well as downturned mouths and Cooler complexions were viewed as lower class, less trustworthy, and incompetent. Isn't that just eugenics, though? Uh, yeah, more or less. While not mentioned in the study, they do mention they do say that Mark Zuckerberg and uh, Jeff Bezos, who are both millionaires, have the some of the features mentioned in the study. Zuckerberg has a narrow face. Bezos has a warm, ruddy complexion. People that are perceived to be of high social class standing are also often judged as having an advantageous and unfavorable traits, respectively. Such judgments are formed even from just a facial appearance, and this can have substantial downstream consequences, including, including disadvantaging those that are perceived to be of lower class standing. Uh-oh. Will you... Will you soon be unable to discriminate somebody who looks poor? <laughs> I sorry, we can't hire you, but you look poor and low social class in your face. Your mouth is downturned. Your face is flat. We can't hire you. We've been doing that for years anyway. Probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is, I've never, I, I mean, you don't ever make a judgment solely on a face. You, you know, that's part of the, the you know, it's the face. Their their uh, visual hygiene is their hair cut? Uh, are they shaved or whatever? Um, what kind of clothing are they wearing? Are their nails done? You know, there's a whole. Are they wearing any jewelry? You know. Um, uh, here's the thing. Here's on the left here. Well, you see, they're labeled poor and rich. I don't see much difference. No, not really at all. 
This lizard on a treadmill right here. Border Patrol numbers are out. We set another record in December. 302,000 and some change in the month. And arrested 19 on the terror list. FBI's terror list. The watch list. I bet word gets back to the terrorists. They don't want to go through the uh, part where they're, you know, uh, where they have contact with the with the CPB. They probably they're probably told to go, you know, elsewhere and swim for it, like that. Uh, the boat, the uh, Azerbaijan yeah. guy that uh, walked through the jungle. Uh, um, here is why I think that people that believe they're trans may have a mental disorder. <clears throat> Two transgender veterans are currently suing the federal government to force them to pay for their sex change operations. Um, there's an organization called the Transgender American Veterans Association. They claim that there are 150,000 living transgender veterans. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that. Me too. One of the parties of the suit is a a man who calls himself Natalie Kastner, 39-year-old veteran who almost died when she hit an artery trying to castrate herself with a pair of scissors. This is the part that people want to argue all the time on how it's not a, a mental disorder. If someone tries to cut their arm off, they're insane. Someone tries to cut their penis off. They're just trying to affirm themselves. Yeah. Uh, the VA covers some treatments, hormone and therapy at some of its facilities, but they failed. They say the failure to provide gender confirmation surgery, that's what puts transgender veterans at a risk of physical harm. Yeah, well, you, they, they used to make you believe that it was physical harm at the hands of another person, not at their, themselves and their favorite pair of Fiskers. Uh, they say also uh, they're in, at risk of physical harm, psychological distress, and suicide. Yeah, they need mental health. Yeah. Uh, Kastner got a quote on his surgery. I guess you go out and get a quote. 60 grand was what it cost. She attempted to form a self orchiectomy or surgical removal of the testicles with a knife and a scissors in a bathroom. She shopped that one around. That seems a little high. 60 grand you couldn't find. There are at least like five or six guys that are like, hey, I'll, uh, I'll uh, chop that off. I'll rearrange that penis. Uh, $40,000. I'll do it for 50 if you let me keep your penis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I want to put it in that jar right there by the fireplace. <laughs> These surgeries, she says, are really life-saving care. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be so happy. Ugh. All right. Let's get darker yeah, than let's... cutting off your own testicles with the scissors and a knife. Go farther than general muta- mutilation. It's disturbing history with EZ. There's a lot of history out there. Some of it isn't in the books. Sometimes our justice system makes some mistakes. 
I've seen it last week or so. There's been like uh, two or three guys yeah. that just got released. Uh, They've been in prison for years. Been in prison for years. And they get varying degrees. Uh, some guy got like twenty million dollars. Another guy got like ten. It was weird. The, the, straight by state by state. It's very yeah. odd that, that we have on those. That should kind of be like a national thing. If you got to go to jail for a certain amount of years and you a million a year or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Or. Uh, you know, at least loss of income. There should be some sort of uh, $50,000, like, that's what you were guaranteed to make type of thing. Sometimes the wrongful arrests are just for the simplest things. And really, during after 9-11, we kind of saw a huge surge in that. Uh, we were confused. We were scared. We weren't sure what was going on. Our government saw a brown person. They said, terrorist. Yep. It happened a lot, unfortunately. And that included one 14-year-old, Mohammed Al-Gharani. Guilty. Well, he was nabbed in Pakistan. He was what? Nabbed in Pakistan. Oh, okay. I found him in Pakistan. Uh, he wound up spending 11 years in Gitmo, though, thanks to a misunderstanding of the word salad. Salad? Yep. So his <laughs> case kind of reads like that of uh, like a goofy uh, spy comedy. Like they were interrogating him. He's like, I don't know. And he, they're, you know, you're going to tell us. And he's I don't know. Uh, see, Mohammed spoke Saudi Arabic, Saudi Arabic, but the CIA was actually using a Yemi ah. translator. They asked if he knew where to get a hold of large quantities of zalat, and if he had lots of it in his home in Pakistan. Well, in Yemeni Arabic, zalat means money. In Saudi Arabic, yeah, zalat means salad. So, of course, a scared 14-year-old, Mohammed's point of view, is he's been hauled off to a black site, and now CIA interrogators were screaming at him to give him information on salad. Wow. So he did that just that. He told them tons of places where you get salad around his town. <laughs> uh, he also gave him a list of places in Pakistan. He said, I have salad at home if you want to go get some. Oh, my God. The CIA decided that they had kidnapped an al-Qaeda financer and interred him in Gitmo. It was 11 years before they wow. realized that they had made a mistake. And the 14-year-old boy screaming that he knew where to get salad oh, had geez. nothing to do with any type of finance. That's terrible. Also, sometimes uh, Americans, just as a whole, uh, when we hear foreign words, we don't sometimes get it. Uh, especially if it's a new word like al-Qaeda. Right. We're like, okay, or we're, uh, you know, uh, we heard ISIS and Al-Qaeda. We're like, yeah, those are all bad. Well, there are also some people that may be from the small town of Al-Qaeda in Yemen. Oh, no. One, Emin Hassan, who grew up just outside the town while studying in Pakistan after 9-11. He was grabbed by CIA, who demanded to admit he knew Al-Qaeda which, of course, Hassan said, yes, I grew up outside of Al-Qaeda. <laughs> of course, over the long interrogation, Hassan repeatedly told the U.S. interrogators he knew Al-Qaeda very well. He grew up there, of course. He said Al-Qaeda was only place that he felt like home. Oh, no. <laughs> he said he dearly would like to be back at Al-Qaeda oh. right now. And the CIA thought that they had hit the oh terrorist barrier. How long did that guy do? Uh, thanks to the makeup, Hassan was thrown in, Gu in Gu Guantanamo Bay and was held for 13 years. Good Lord. It wasn't until his lawyers from the reprieve showed that the CIA that Al Qaeda showed on a was a real town on Google Maps before they realized oh they'd been a horrible God, mistake. Oh my God! I could have solved it with Google Maps. <laughs> uh, so of course, in most detective shows, Perry Mason or any of those that once you finally get that solid alibi, the case is closed, like it's locked down. Yeah. And he's got a solid mm -hmm. alibi, uh, but 
1986, Derek and Dwayne Moo Young. Their names are actually Moo, like a cow noise young, which is pretty awesome. Moo Young. Yeah, Moo Young. Oh, I like that. Were executed gangland style in a Miami hotel. Ooh. British citizen Chris Maraje was arrested. He had six reliable witnesses who said he was 30 miles away from the scene of the crime. The judge took one look at his airtight alibi and decided this guy's guilty. Death row for this guy. Really? Yep. So the Moo Youngs were intimately involved in the Colombian cocaine trade, and they had recently stolen from Pablo Escobar, a man uh, you probably should not steal from. Yeah. A few years later after the trial, two former hitmen from Escobar's Medellin cartel came forward and claimed that they had actually been the ones who had carried out the execution, and Escobar himself had been the one who had ordered the hit. The state's key witness against Maharaje changed his testimony. Trial judge was arrested for bribery. The trial judge? Oh, yeah. Holy schmoly. Who bribed the trial judge? The, the drug dealer? The Probably some drug dealer. Escobar? Yeah. Not maybe Escobar, but maybe somebody uh, that knew that were big fans of the New Youngs. Oh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, though, uh, none of that has changed anything. Maharaje, his death sentence was commuted, but he remains in prison to this very day. So he's not death sentence, but somehow they still have not been able to get him out of prison. Wow. Ugh. I think some people... There are two different types of, uh, I think, in law enforcement. They are, are actually, uh, uh, yeah, law enforcement and prosecutors. Mm-hmm. They just want to fill that gap of we need a, where's the guilty party? Let's solve the crime. And much less concerned about let's make sure we get the right guilty party. Let's just get one that's kind of might fit in there so it looks good on our record. Yeah, unfortunately, that's a lot of that. Uh, there are a lot of good officers there are also a lot of ones that have been prosecuted and charged because they were ones that were like, uh, yeah, brown guy. That's good. That's it. Yeah, yeah. He is brown. Uh, sometimes don't download things off the internet. Oh, yeah. You want to be well, very careful. That's what Rizwan Sabir learned. Does he download a file titled Al Qaeda Training Manual? Uh, he was a PhD student, though, that was studying counterterrorism uh, at Britain's okay. Nottingham University, uh, and also there's a hard copy of this at the Al Qaeda at the of this Al Qaeda training manual at the university's library. But unfortunately, he downloaded it off the internet, and even worse, Sabir downloaded this manual directly from the U.S. government website. So, wow. The terrorist material that Sabir had downloaded was an annotated version of the Al-Qaeda pamphlet, freely available on federal government websites. Uh, crazier still, it was designed and uploaded to help those studying counterterrorism develop new strategies against the jihadi threat. And that's what Mr. Rizwan was doing. Instead, though, his name was Rizwan Sabir, downloaded counterterror, downloaded the Al-Qaeda training manual, and he was arrested. Sabir spent over six days in the UK jail before anyone realized this was clearly a mistake. Uh, Sabir, though, was later awarded 20,000 uh, euros in damage, and Nottingham police are yet to admit they made a mistake. I guess they just assumed uh, his name sounded super terroristy. He's brown. Uh, of course, if you are a person that is a rapist, the last thing you want to end up doing is ending up in prison because it's not really kind of looked upon. In fact, weirdly enough, rapists get raped in prison. Yeah. Sometimes, True. though, it's even worse when you weren't actually a, a rapist. And that's what happened to poor 16-year-old Brian Bank. Oh, 16? Yes. And his accuser that accused him for rape netted $1.5 million for this. 
2002, Banks had a spontaneous sexual encounter with a federal summer school student, Juanetta Gibson. Gibson's mother found out about their tryst and was uh, not happy. So Gibson did what any fledgling psychopath would do. Uh, she told her mom that she hadn't been seduced by the young linebacker. In fact, she had just been violently raped by him. In fact, Brian Banks at the time was a five-star recruit that was going to go on to be should have gone on to be an NFL player. Really? Yeah. Even though her story kept changing, Gibson was believed. Banks was jailed for five years, and Gibson sued the summer school for a one point five million dollar payout. Wow. It was not until ten years later that truth emerged. In a rare moment of empathy, Gibson actually arranged a meeting with her victim to apologize. And Banks secretly recorded a conversation during which Gibson admitted she had made the rape up but didn't want to tell the police in case she lost all that money she had been given. And that recording was enough. Banks, smart dude, was to finally get it overturned. Did she have to get the money back? Oh, yeah. I think she actually went to jail for it. Uh, Banks ended up going. He tried out for the Falcons, I want to say. I don't think he ever really got anywhere with it, but he's been out of the game for 10 years. Right. Oh, 10 years. Yeah. Man, that bitch owes him. I mean, millions. Uh, you talk about actual uh, damages. The guy would have probably gone on to be a millionaire linebacker. I remember this case because he was a five-star linebacker. I think he was going to go to the University of Georgia, if I remember correctly. Good Lord. Uh, Full-ride scholarship. He was considered one of the top ten linebackers in the country. This kid was going to go on to probably do uh, big things. Man. Ten years. Sometimes. It's just unfortunate that you meet another uh, Shannon Burke that did some crimes. Yeah. Yeah. That was the case of one Khalid El-Masiri and Khalid El-Masiri. One happened to be a dangerous terrorist who wanted to wage jihad against the war, uh, against the West. The other was a law-abiding German citizen on vacation in the nation of Macedonia. And, of course, wow. you know which one they arrested? Yeah. Not the, the dangerous terrorist. <laughs> 2003, the good El Masri was snatched off a bus and detained by Macedonian secret police. After 23 days, he was handed over to the CIA. Who? Our CIA does love to beat and torture. Oh, they, they, they beat and torture. Oh, huh? yeah. Oh. They uh, quoted as beating him within an inch of his life before flying him to Afghanistan, where he had never been before, and dumped him at a black site where he was repeatedly raped by local guards. Oh, my God. Uh, meanwhile, though, the bad El Masri was actually still in Afghanistan, helping channel funds and uh, weapons towards uh, the war. It wasn't until four months after abduction that the CIA reala- realized that they had grabbed the wrong guy. So what do you think they did for him? I hope they go and got him out of the ass rape prison in Afghanistan. Of course they did. But they flew the good El Masri to Albania, a country he's never been before. Dropped him off on a lonely road and told him good luck. Wow. Where was he from originally? From Germany. <laughs> Jesus, Palomino. Wow. Uh, El Masri later, many years later, successfully sued the Macedonian government for wrongful arrest. Uh, but the CIA says, we have no idea. We've never heard of this guy. So, Oh, of course. Wow. That's terrible. Anal rape by a bunch of damn tallies, Taliban's. Medhadjeni Yadego Mered. Sounds guilty. He actually was. He's the biggest scumbag you may have ever heard of. He's a people smuggler operating the Mediterranean. He was responsible for the Lampedusa shipwreck in 2013 that drowned over 360 migrants off the coast of Italy. In summer of 2016, Rome extradited him from Eritrea to stand trial. At least that's what they said they had done. In reality, though, they had just picked up a random black guy off the street. 
The guy on trial looked actually nothing like Madrid. The Atricians identified him as Medhani Tesrani Berre, who just happened to be a farm worker. Wow. Uh, he was carrying Beheri's card, ID card, so it wasn't like it was just like this dude had no idea who they just grabbed a random black guy who had ID. He was like, hey, I'm definitely not this Mered guy. Uh, survivors of La Perusa said he was definitely not him. Uh, Mered's wife said, that's not my husband. Uh, and most damnly of all, Mered still had a Facebook account that continued to post photos of him at parties as he was supposedly after he had been arrested. Oh, they could see the real guy was still out there. They yeah. still prosecuted this guy? Yeah, they just picked a random black guy that they found on the <laughs> wow. side of the road. Uh, the Italian MPs have open investigation on whether or not they have the right man. Well, probably a good chance by now. They figured out this is a little bit of an older uh, story, but I think maybe they figured it out by now. Yeah, probably. I hope. 1984, when Kirk Bloodsworth, which just sounds like a villain's name. Yeah. Like a Bond villain. Kirk Bloodsworth. Or like a really cool uh, 80s action movie guy. Uh, he was arrested for the assault and murder of a nine-year-old girl in the state of Maryland. Mm. I I feel with this guy because I've also been wrongly accused of a crime. and Stealing beer, right? Stealing beer and grossly uh, they were completely wrong in the identification. Uh, they uh, said that the man that stole the beer was a five-foot Mexican guy. <laughs> I obviously do not look like a five-foot Mexican guy, a five-foot-four Mexican guy. Uh, but the witnesses gave a clear description of the murder as a six-foot-five, skinny, mustachioed guy with curly blonde hair. Which sounds like they got a great description. The problem was that Bloodsworth was six feet tall, clean, clean-shaven, had red hair, and was morbidly obese. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Well... State of Maryland said they had their guy and they threw him on death row. The problem with even made it even worse is that the police had recently caught a guy who completely matched the description that they had given. He'd been recently jailed for rape and attempted murder of another minor, minor and was incarcerated in prison one cell away from Bloodsworth. Are you kidding me? No one ever, though, managed to put two and two together. Uh, Bloodsworth was only freed when a 1992 DNA pro- test proved that he was the murderer. How long did he spend in uh... Uh, 1984? So probably close to eight years. Oh my God, uh, he was the first death row inmate in the USA to be in U.S. history to be exonerated at the time. Really? Yeah. DNA evidence. It was a big thing back then. Uh, and unfortunately, you could also be one John O'Neill. John O'Neill. Yeah. See, he was a British citizen, and after being arrested for sexual assault, he was deemed by a judge to be so dangerous that he couldn't be allowed near women. <laughs> Accordingly, he was forced to give police 24 hours advance notice of any sexual encounter that he had while out on parole. What? Uh, considering he was arrested of sexual assault, that doesn't seem insanely crazy, but here in the U.S., that's insanely crazy. Uh, the problem was that O'Neill's conviction was quashed in court. He was found innocent, yet... His requirements to notify police before having sex continues to remain in place to this day. What? Yep. An innocent man is obliged by the UK government to give advance notice every single time that he wants to hook up. Which, uh, you know, you know uh, if you're a single man, giving 24-hour notice to your parole officer that you may be getting down is very difficult to yeah. do. Uh, British courts seemingly have no desire to drop this Orwellian restriction. O'Neill is still considered extremely dangerous to women and the, and the corrupt of innocent until proven of guilty be damned. And we'll end with, we'll end with one more, and that's one of Jack Alderman, who was, unfortunately, executed by lethal injection. Oh, jeez. 
<clears throat> they executed an innocent man? Yep. He'd wow. been on death row since 1975 for the murder of his wife and child. There had been no forensic evidence tied into the scene and only the shakiest of motives. The entire conviction rests on the testimony of John Brown, who, as the best witness he could be, was a drug-addicted alcoholic pedophile who confessed to the murder but then changed the murder to uh, change his story to implicate Adelman himself. Oh, my God. Brown was a known fantasist and addict with a history of sexually assaulting children and violently attacking women. After the murder, he told police he had killed Alderman's family, then changed the story and said that he and Jack had killed them together. The prosecutors cut him a plea bargain in exchange for made-up testimony. Brown received 12 years. The likely innocent Alderman got the death penalty. Oh, God. Right until the end, Alderman claimed he was innocent. He even refused a plea bargain that would commute his life sentence to imprisonment, uh, to life imprisonment for admission of his guilt. Brown, meanwhile, served his sentence and then went on to abuse a dozen more children. <laughs> what a happy ending. When we return, we are uh, moving our nuclear weapons to another country closer to Russia. Uh, also, is Vince McMahon guilty of sex trafficking? Yes. Hang on. It's the Shannon Berg Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. As a veteran, you get a lot of advice. But wisdom's harder to come by. A lot of people imagine themselves in our shoes without understanding the weight on our shoulders. The truth is, few can understand the pressure of finding your own way after serving in the military. But few isn't none. You've got support. You can't control the chaos, but you can chart your way through it. Steady yourself. Take a breath. You're not alone. Learn more at maketheconnection.net. Hasn't been CEO of the WWE since uh, for a couple of years due to some sexual misconduct claims. Now an ex ex employee has accused him of sexually trafficking her to entice wrestling talent. I don't know if I use the term sexually trafficking. Me neither. Uh, you're you're. Uh, I mean, sexually trafficking meant that you're you're a pimp, basically, right? It's weird to put it. Uh, I'm sure what he had is it's tough to get into wrestling as a female wrestler. So I'm sure he he brought in very pretty girls and said, uh, you know, if you want to have here, uh, maybe you have uh, sex with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. So you can get him to come over to the WWE. Yeah. So <clears throat> he's named as a defendant in this uh, lawsuit, as well as their former head of talent, John Laurinaitis. Joel Janelle Grant accused them both of trafficking her to other men as a sexual pawn to entice world-famous wrestling talent. Says she was pressured into a physical relationship with McMahon in exchange for promises of employment, alleging she felt trapped in an impossible situation, submitting to McMahon's sexual demands or facing ruin. 
Uh, she accuses him of recruiting individuals to have sexual relations with her during that time. He expected and directed Miss Grant to engage in sexual activity at the WWE headquarters, even during her work hours. Uh, he also uh, accused of forcing an ex-employee into signing an NDA after his wife allegedly discovered he had an affair with her. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I believe all that. Do again, it's weird how you put the law on if it's sex trafficking. Uh, but then also, this could go on with probably every corporation in the entire world. Really, any big corporation that right. is looking to entice someone, uh, that they, a lot of this sports recruiting, uh, there's a lot of rumors that out always that that was a thing. Uh, when it comes to like recruiting high end basketball or football players, it just, there was a group of girls on campus that their job was to, yeah, uh, recruit you know, players. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, she wants the court to invalidate the NDA, uh, claiming that the the defendants violated the Trafficking Victims Prevention Act, and she wants some dough. <sighs> I don't know. That's you know that whole business is strange. It is. It's a very, um, it's always been sex, drugs, and rock and roll when it came to wrestling. Yeah. Big um, man's worth a couple hundred million dollars. He's a oh yeah, very wealthy man. Right, I don't know if now as much anymore because I know he's been hit with lawsuits and loss of companies and things like that. I know he's, the XFL's failed multiple times. That's right. Yeah, the the term <clears throat> sexually trafficking her. I mean, is it <clears throat> if you went to some woman? I guess if she's worked for him. So yeah, like, look, I want you to go have sex with Brock Lesnar. Tell him to come over. You know, give him a good one too, because uh, we want him to come yeah, over to the WWE. I, I think people because when you think of sex trafficking, you think of a lady chained into a dungeon. Yeah, uh, uh, and forced to uh, a, a chained by the ankle in a massage parlor, forced to stroke guys all day long for no money. Yeah. That's what I think of. This is not the first time, though. Yeah, he's had a lot of lawsuits, right? His wife divorced him. Yeah, well, he, cleaners. he was cheating on her for a long time with different girls. So, What a lifestyle. Um, <clears throat> United States is uh, planning to station nuclear weapons in the U.K. Apparently, we had them there for some time, I guess, uh, through the Cold War uh, but 15 years ago, we removed them, but we're getting ready to put them back as they say the threat from Russia increases. Procurement contracts for a new facility at RAF Lakenheath in Suffolk confirmed the U.S. intends to place in nu- uh, nuclear warheads three times the strength of the Hiroshima bomb at that base. The U.S. removed those in 08, <clears throat> judging the Cold War threat from Moscow had diminished. Tons of this is like I made a lot of warnings. All these NATO countries are warning, you know, they're they're they need to be ready. Senior NATO officials said the private citizens should prepare for all out war with Russia in the next 20 years. Okay, 20 years. Yeah, who knows? We're going to be 20 years. They say a war that will require wholesale change in their lives. 
Sir Patrick Sanders, head of the British Army, went on to warn people that the public would need to be called up to fight if there was war with Russia because the army was too small. I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, Russia has lost a few hundred thousand. They say they claim during this war. It's a it's a lot of posturing for us not to uh, be war be rearing up for something, which. Uh, to me, sounds like we're going to make NATO is going to make a step into this Ukraine war at some point here, and now against Russia, against Russia, and we are prepping to have you know bombs over there because Russia. If NATO starts a war, Russia will start launching nukes. Uh, the U.S. Secretary Navy Secretary of the Navy Carlos Del Toro urged Biden to reassess the size of its armed services on Friday. Uh, number ten. Downing Street defended the government's military spending, uh, pointing out the U.K. is the second biggest defense spender in NATO and the largest in Europe. Uh, Russia says if U.S. puts weapons in U.K. once again, Moscow will view it as an escalation. But all that talk is blah, 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 because, you know, we we, we sent tanks. They, first they said, well, we're not going to send tanks. If we we're going to go to war, we'd send tanks. Well, we send them tanks. Yeah, I mean, really... We've looked in and see that uh, they do have a lot of blustering, but Russia and both Russia and China are behind us still. Even as weak as we are, uh, their uh, mobilization and their armies are still behind us. Uh, what do you mean? Tech, tech wise. Oh, and, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, they've got bodies, uh, but they're just bodies. They, they're not trained as well. Uh, and we've seen that uh, Russia should have easily if by everything we were told, Russia should have walked through Ukraine and been on their ne- on the way. Uh, and they're not because they are. We found out that they're pulling tanks out of museums because they're so far yeah, behind and, and yeah. so corrupt in their in their military uh, that things aren't getting built. And we found the same things happen in China. They're so far behind. They're corrupt in their military uh, that. But is Russia using isn't uh, Kim Jong Un sending missiles to Russia? Uh, they are, but they're uh, they're munitions. Uh, right. At some point, the the bodies on the on the ground and the, and the tech is just not going to catch up to what we have. Uh, but there is the great equalizer that is a nuclear weapon. Yeah. They're going to house B-6112 gravity bombs. They have a variable yield of 50 kilotons, three times the power of the Hiroshima bomb. Man. Uh, Following the outbreak of Ukraine, the Pentagon reviewed our nuclear posture uh, they said it was a stark reminder of nuclear risk in con- in a contemporary conflict. Nuclear threats to the homeland and U.S. allies and partners uh, are are real. Nothing to see here, folks. The they oh, that's how they find these things out. On a notice posted in August, requested a private sector contractor to provide sentry cabins and shields to protect. Troops in the uh, at the base's 48th Services uh, Squadron forced entry and ballistic attack from assault rifles uh, on the nuclear weapons side. The 48th Security Forces Squadron upcoming nuclear mission is required to operate under ballistic protection. Uh, the second contract advertised a hydraulic ramp for unloading vehicles, noting the new F-35s and the imminent security support had highlighted the need to replace these much-required facilities. Blah blah. I mean, they they're gonna blow fifty million on a dormitory site for people to 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 work the nuke weapons there. 
And Russian military says that they will respond to the return of U.S. nuclear weapons on British soil with, quote, countermeasures. They talk a big game over there. They do, but you've yet to really do anything. In the end, and they've got to be so depleted we, too. Yeah, we found that they are way. There's a reason why they're emptying their prisons. Why they're sending uh, women prisoners to the front line yeah. is they don't have the bodies currently, other than uh, doing conscription. Uh, they've lost their their mercenary group because they felt the need to blow up the leader because he tried to have a coup against them. Right. Uh, and there, uh, we found that their equipment is way behind ours. Shockingly way behind ours. Yeah, the World War II era tank being pulled out of a museum and <laughs> rolled into service was a real uh, stark reminder of their uh, the nature of the decline of the, that military. Oh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I, I keep wondering, you know, they say, NATO says, get ready for something, going to go down 20 years. I mean, you don't talk about war in terms of two decades from now. Yeah, or I mean, even within two decades from now, we don't. I mean, our leaders will not be alive in 20 years. No. Uh, let's see. Uh, Putin is 71. He's not going to be 91 years old. True. Um, but, I, you know, everything we see, the buildup in the Red Sea, the, um, you know, the re- recruitment efforts. Knocking off GED, high school diploma, author requirements list. Uh, that's, again, that's putting bodies in there. They're not going to be doing uh, other work other than grunt work. Put them out there. But wouldn't you, wouldn't you believe that if, if Putin were to uh, retaliate against the United States, I mean, back in the Cold War, there was only really one way to retaliate or to hit the United States, and that would be with a nuke. Uh, today, it's MEPs, uh, it is uh, attack electrical grid, um, you know, cyber stuff that that doesn't require men on the ground, but is, I mean, we've seen what an MEP can do. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, we should be more worried about that when we should actually be nukes, because eh, there's a questions on how uh, even we've seen the Russian military equipment that there's not 100 percent sure that they could even launch uh they haven't tested a lot of that stuff uh i know that they've gone in china they've they went and they did a lot of their uh, missile silo tests and they found out that they were there was no fuel in them because people oh, no. have been selling them off they've been draining them and selling them off so really yeah oh that's hilarious uh so those aren't the things we should be worried about the things we should be worried about are uh like you said emps that's what we should be worrying about because one of those yeah. dropping would be very, very dangerous to our, our grids. Uh, cyber attacks, uh, mainly uh, water. Uh, we've water seen too. some people touching. Uh, there's been some testing on that lately. Uh, back well, they're in, attempting to hit these water facilities. Well, was it Tampa, St. Pete a couple of years ago where they found out like, hey, someone's been in here mucking with the stuff. And all it takes is uh, just changing the chemicals a little bit, how much is released into the water. And you got a bunch of dead people really quickly. Really? I thought it meant like disabling the water system, not poisoning it. No, that was the talk after 9-11. Remember yeah, that? We put a lot of chemicals in our water to treat them. And uh, if we buy, and that's what happened in, in Tampa, is they looked and they said all of a sudden all uh, the numbers were going crazy. Like, what's going on here? Uh, all it takes is just a little change to the system. And you all of a sudden are pumping more chemicals in there than should be. And you got a lot of dead people before anybody even realizes it. Yikes. Well... 
Man, we have the wrong commander in chief for that. That's not a wartime president. But some people think that if he becomes a wartime president, that somehow that'll make him popular. <laughs> that should scare the crap out of everybody. Uh, oh, this is really. Uh, Heather was talking about this. The what schools are now using to catch kids vaping. Yeah, they're using the old COVID detectors. COVID detector. Yeah, they had like air detectors they were using for COVID, and they've reprogrammed them for vape stuff now. Yeah, um, lots of students are getting busted by surveillance equipment they've installed to crack down on e-cigs. Uh, they didn't tell the students that it was there. Nationwide, millions of dollars into monitoring technology, federal COVID-19 emergency relief money meant to help schools through the pandemic. Marketing materials have noted that sensors, they cost $1,000 a piece. Sensors could help fight the virus by checking air quality. And they've retooled these things. They dispense, the devices can dispense vapor containing higher concentrations of nicotine that, oh, they're talking about the actual machines. Um, the su- sensors, along with surveillance cameras that are activated by vaping sensors, then, so you go to the bathroom and you're like, vape, 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 having a little vapey vape, and then the sensor says, oh, you have some vape going on in here, and then someone takes a picture of you and you get in trouble. Right? That's the way it goes down? Yeah, you can beat that, though. How do you beat that? Stand there with your penis out. Because yeah. you're a minor. They cannot take photo, photographs of a, uh, they cannot uh, display or yeah. use evidence of a, of a you, liar. With your dong out. Yep. That's how you get around it. We need to get the word out to these high school kids. <laughs> <laughs> Help them all out here. <laughs> uh, they pair these sensors with cameras. It could surprise students that schools even have the technology. Uh, this woman, Alia Iglesias, was who graduated uh, from in May from Tyler High School, Tyler, Texas, first learned it had sensors after an administrator came into a classroom as students started vaping. She says, I was in awe. The administrator tried to figure out who was involved, but ultimately let all the students go. That got her in trouble. Uh, she got in trouble in Texas at a high school there. Um, she went to a bathroom to vape. Later that day, the coach came of her, of her debate team and said that she had been caught and she's off the team. Oh, she just needed a little hit to get through the debate. What are we vaping here, nicotine or, or weed? Both. Hey, Heather, is this a big problem in your kids' schools? Yes, and they're only in middle. Wow. And it's not the bathroom that they're vaping in. No? Uh, they're vaping in the hallways. And now some of the, the vape things don't have, like... You know how in the beginning it was like you could breathe out that dragon fume? Yeah. Uh, they don't have that anymore. Or they're not so- using that. So, like, they're getting away with it. And I actually uh, talked to the principal this uh, week because... Of a different issue. Um, but she told me when the kids are caught vaping, um, they, they, there's an absolute suspension and even the potential assignment to Journeys Academy, which I guess is like the school for bad kids. Yeah. For vaping? Yes. If you're caught the first time. I mean, they're not a bad kid if you're vaping. A bad kid is, uh, you know, one that grabs ass on the girls, harasses people, starts fights, he's a bully. That's a bad kid. It's still harming the child. They're doing something that harms themselves. Okay. So every time they eat something, the trans fat harms himself. <laughs> okay. 
They say that the, <laughs> the sensors that are marketed primarily for detape, uh, detecting vape or smoke from a THC vape uh, can also monitor other things like gunshots or keywords indicating possible bullying. So it's listening and it's sniffing and hearing. I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe it's listening for keywords. No? No. Why don't you have one of your uh, kids go to school and say, let's blow this some bitch up today and see what happens to him? Uh, no. Oh, yeah, so it might be listening. <laughs> no, I just won't let my kids talk like that. That's crazy. Um, I mean, that's pretty impressive technology for a, a high school. I mean, my God. I mean, I get it. You shouldn't be getting high at school. You're trying to learn. Um, but I don't know. They're vaping nicotine, too, aren't they? Or is it, I mean, is it? This system's primarily for detecting THC. Uh, I never would have survived high school or students, middle school. Students that are vaping can receive a misdemeanor citation, fined up to $100. Students found vaping THC, uh, 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 which is at least 90 kids at this Tyler school, can face mi- uh, misdemeanors or felony charges. Wow. That's a little bit much. Yeah. Wow. Uh, all right. Thank you, Heather. That's a lot of punishment. Man, when I went to, this is middle school are we talking about here? No, this is high school. And when I was in high school, the, when I went, I, you know, I was in private school until I was asked to not come back the next year. Uh, and I went to a, a public school, a performing uh, arts high school in Dallas. And they had a smoking yard, you know, with a building kind of wrapped around in a U-shaped thing there. And there were benches and uh, it was right out on the road. And you'd walk out there and, and uh, you know, every Every kid out there was smoking. And then the catering truck would pull up and you could go over there and get a sandwich. You also could have a gun in your back window of your car, too. Yeah, it's true. A rifle in your, yeah. Um, I get you don't want kids to be high. I don't know. I mean, the, the Dallas uh, Independent Public School District uh, didn't give a rat's ass if you're burning heaters in the, you know every break you could out in the, out in the smoke. Don't let them vape THC, but make sure they have all their medication they possibly need. Pop every pill that they could need. Uh, make sure uh, little Timmy and Tammy have Adderall by out the, out <laughs> yeah, the wazoo. Yeah. And Ritalin. And I wonder um, where are, I mean, if they're minors, where are they getting their uh, the equipment? Rico. Yeah? Yeah. He's got you. He's got the hookup. Yeah. Now, they're probably refillable cartridges because he's not using his own medical card to go buy them. He's, right. He's just, oh, God knows what they said. There's a rash of people getting all yeah. sick from uh, the garage-made vaping cartridges. Well, get those kids for vaping. That's pretty impressive. I bet that's the same technology they have in a bathroom on an airplane. Yeah, I bet you it is. I use a little jewel, you know, when I need some nicotine. And I was on the train to uh, Miami, you know, the Brightline. I just have it in my hand. You know, if I just hold it in my hand, it's a it's a weird occupation hand thing. And this lady, one of the, I don't know, train ladies walks by to take an order. She goes, don't vape in here. I said, I'm not. I see it in your hand. I said, it's just in my hand. She says, don't let me catch you. Don't go. She put it in your pocket. I said, look, it helps me to hold it in my hand. I mean, they were really adamant about it just, you know. It's like the scourge, the scourge of vaping. Um, I don't know if I have time for this, but this 
a funny story I read about a lady from Australia who was uh, approached by a couple to come home and be the third. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hell yeah, they're all good looking. And she went home and they got naked and they uh, were in bed. And then the couple got in a fight over, I don't know, whatever. And they broke up right there while the girl was in between them. Boys, when did she And pick? started crying. <laughs> yeah, who got the uh, who got the leftovers? She was naked. They both had their clothes on. Oh, she jumped the gun. <laughs> yeah, she sure did. She probably got a dress, and the guy's wife was like, yeah, or the girl's husband was like, yeah, all right. Uh, so she said, told him to get out of the house, and I want to talk to this random girl that we picked up tonight. <laughs> I'm like, she said, I'm great. She told me all these things that she's upset about. I said, okay, uh, all right, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to leave you guys alone. You're not doing so well right now. Are we? We still having sex? Are we still banging? Yeah. Or is that off or what? <laughs> All right. Uh, when we return, our buddy movie man Mike will join us. Um, apparently, there's a lot of stuff to talk about movie wise. Oscars nominations are out. Someone got a, did did Barber did the Barbie thing get get uh, ditched or is it we ignored? Multiple nominations, but it didn't get Best Director and Best Actress. Okay. But it, it, it just supporting actor, though, I think. Uh, it ah. got, like, a song and writing and something else. But, yeah, Ken, uh, uh, Ryan Gosling got it for Ken, and that just upset people. <laughs> he surprised him, I think. Uh, we'll do it next. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. How do you get your Florida Man Radio fix? In the car, on your radio at 105.5 FM. And in crystal clear HD audio on your HD radio at 103.1 HD3. In the office or working from home, we're streaming live at floridamanradio.com or on your Alexa device by saying play 105.5 Florida Man Radio. Out and about, listen live anytime, anywhere on the free Florida Man Radio app. Florida Man Radio is everywhere. Everywhere. It's just a big dysfunctional family. Bubba the Love Spot, The Don Miller Show, Bill O'Reilly, Dan Bongino, Shannon Burke, and Jesse Kelly. Usually just going one step too far. Yup. Florida Man Radio. WFYY HD3 Windermere. WXUS HD3. W266DY Donnellan. WZLB Valparaiso. Florida Man Radio. Tell us what we need to be watching, at least his opinion of it. You can read his reviews uh, in uh, in Newsmax magazine at thefederalist.com and uh, at uh, the Epic Times as well. Very good. Thank yes, you. Sir. Had a brain fart there. What's going on? <laughs> uh, well, as you know, this week was the uh, Oscar nominations. And every year, right as it's done on Tuesday morning, they say, hey, this is who didn't get nominated. And this is a big surprise. And it's almost as big as the, the event itself, like who didn't make it. Uh, the three big ones were Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig uh, and Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, oddly enough, though, Margot Robbie is nominated in the Best Producer or Best Picture category. Hmm. And Greta Gerwig is nominated in the Screenplay category. So they are nominated, not in the categories they wanted. When you reviewed Barbie, though, were you thinking uh, Oscar nod? 
in technical awards. Okay. Songs, production design, that well, kind of look, stuff. Ryan Gosling, what did he get nominated for? Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, supporting Actor and uh, Song. I think he was uh, surprised. I've watched a clip when they announced the you know the nominees, and he's like, what? What? I don't think he was I think he was kind of like, God, they gave it to me, but not the other two people. And he came out and said, there's no Ken without Barbie. So he was almost defensive in his uh, recognition of the nomination. But it got nominated for two songs, numerous uh, technical awards and America Ferreira. You know that name? Yeah. What do I know that name for? She was in uh, Ugly Betty, that TV series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and she has a very small role in the movie, just one scene where she bashes uh, white males. <laughs> and she got nominated? And she got nominated for supporting actress. And uh, also, she's considered a woman of color because she's Hispanic. Uh, there are two other actresses in different categories that are women of color who are also, pardon the phrase, overweight who are going to win their awards because they are women of color and they are overweight. Wow. So they're talking about how it's not inclusive and uh, Oscar's so white. That's not the case this year. Uh, they, they also snubbed uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, which I thought uh, was justified. I don't think he did a really good job. I think the movie as a whole what was movie? really what? Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was extremely overrated. Um, and the, the worst uh, snub that I saw was that the documentary Still, a Michael J. Fox movie, uh, was best documentary of the year, and it didn't get a nomination. And it's been winning every critics and other uh, industry accolades all the way up to the Oscars. Is that on Netflix? It's on Apple. Apple. And Prime. every other nominated documentary is a foreign film. That has never happened before. Ferners. Yeah. So there is a lot of these uh, characters in these roles in various categories. They're non-Caucasian. They're homosexual. Uh, So they can't say that, you know, we're not getting what we want. (laughs) I just think it's a it's kind of a joke. And Oppenheimer scored 13 nominations. I think it's going to win at least nine of them. Uh, Christopher Nolan's going to get his. He, Christopher Nolan could win three Oscars. Really? Uh, for producer, director, and screenwriter, I think that's entirely possible. Although with screenplay awards, they tend to share them. So, you know, well, we didn't give you this award, but we'll right. give you this token screenplay award. So, uh, what, for what it's worth, you know, yeah, everybody's going to get snubbed at some point. They're going to think they got snubbed. But that's how that's how the cookie crumbles. I know one thing. I'm not going to be watching the damn show because Jimmy Kimmel is hosting it for the fourth him. time in six years uh, on Netflix. Why, wait, 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 why do you suppose the uh, Emmys did so well in ratings wise? I don't know. That's it, it was the big, their biggest uh, audience in like, uh, what, four years, five years, something like that. With Are Joe you talking Coy? about the Emmys or the Golden Globe? Emmys. Well, Joe Coy hosting the Emmys. No, he hosted the Golden Globes. Oh, then I'm talking about the Golden Globes, Mike. Okay. Um, well, I didn't know because I didn't watch the Emmys. Um, uh, I didn't I watch it either, why. but I saw the hits. Uh, it's 
who knows? Maybe people were interested. They never heard of Joe Coy before. Probably. Oh, let's see what this guy looks like. All right. And Golden Globes is always fun to watch because they're getting hammered. They're giving these people lots of liquor yeah. while while the show is on. So everybody wants to see somebody say something stupid on the acceptance stage. Uh, new material, Griselda. This uh, started on Netflix today, and I had never heard of this woman. Her name was Griselda Blanco. And opening up the series, it's six episodes, a quote on the screen says, the only man I was ever afraid of was a woman, Griselda <laughs> Blanco. And it was spoken by Pablo Escobar. Oh, so it's a true story, kind of. It's a true, mostly true. Um, and Sofia Vergara plays the yeah. title character, who is a uh, Colombian woman who moves to Miami in the 70s and ends up being the biggest cocaine provider in the state period she called herself the godmother <laughs> and she had such an affinity for that title that she named one of her children michael corleone <laughs> <laughs> uh i liked it more than i thought i would uh and sophia vergara they uglied her up because this one if you see a picture of the real woman she's playing she is not easy on the eyes. Yeah. It's a nice way of saying it. And they put a lot of really bad makeup on her on purpose to try to get her to look like this woman. But it's still Sophia Vergara. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to look past that. How, but she. How does she do it in a dramatic, uh, you know, dramatic role? I mean, I'm only really used to her from Modern Family where she was hysterically funny. Yeah, she did a great job. And it points out that people who are. Uh, known as comedians or comic actors can do drama way better than dramatic actors can do comedy. Right. Like Robert De Niro, who does not do comedy very no, well, No, but she put everything into this role and made this character extremely unlikable, but you kind of like rooting for her. And they, they played with the facts a little bit, but it, it was a very engaging program. Six episodes um, three and a half out of five for me, only because they could have probably done it in four episodes. It was still just a little too long in the tooth. Uh, three and a half out of five for me. Eighty-six audience, or I'm sorry, eighty-six critics, eighty-seven audiences, and again, that's on Netflix called Griselda. Uh -huh. uh, my f favorite title of the week is called American Nightmare. This is also a Netflix series, a three-episode true crime series, and I didn't know anything about it going in and I, i've been leery with these netflix projects of late because it's always too much you, you you give you they pad it they give you so much extra fluff and material just get to the story do the story and get out and this thing does it perfectly like i said three episodes about 45 minutes each episode and it takes place in vallejo california and i can't go into too much detail but what i can tell you is a couple has their apartment broken into in the middle of the night. They tie up the boyfriend. They kidnap the girl. Right. Police immediately arrest the boyfriend. Two days later, the girl shows up back again. That, that takes place in the first episode. The second and the third episodes, everything coming from left field. Like, oh, they're making that up. No, they're not making it up. So wait, it was just... He, they tie him up, take his girl, and they arrest him? The police arrest him. Yeah. The, the, All, and, and this is within 12 hours of the whole thing happening. Huh. They don't even do any investigation. 
Uh, so the further it got along, I'm like, these cops are not doing their job. <laughs> and it was it was comical, almost to the point of a kangaroo court with police. And you'll love this shit. One of the top cops investigating the crime, his last name is D-I-D-O-U. What? D-I-D-O-U? B-I-D-O-U. B-D-O-U? Bidu. <laughs> Excellent. That's our that's our European uh, division. B I D O U. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was it was it was great. I loved it. I lo- like the couple. I liked how they worked it out. They didn't give you too much. They didn't repeat scenes. I, I will show it from this angle and then from this angle. Uh, I, I was totally caught up in it from the beginning all the way through to the end. Uh, can't recommend it enough. Five out of five for oh. me. Okay. Uh, 95% with critics and 91% with audiences. And again, that's uh, started on Netflix uh, this week. All right. Another new Netflix series, which I couldn't get past the first episode because they, they, you're going to make eight episodes out of this premise. It's set in England. A guy, a, a father-to-be, is murdered. The wife tries to collect herself. She has the baby. Somebody gives her a nanny cam so she can make sure everything's going right with the baby. And the first thing she sees is the dead husband in the kid's room. Uh one of those. Uh, Yeah. So I'm thinking there's going to be so many twists on on this that I don't have the patience for it. Eight episodes, an hour apiece. I'm thinking this sounds like a great 90-minute movie. What's it called? So it's called Fool Me Once. As in fool me once, shame on you. Yeah, fool yeah. me once. Yeah. So I, I gave the episode itself two out of five, and I don't think I was too far off on this. The critics are at 65. The audience uh, and the Netflix audiences are generally easy to please, 45%. Eek. So I, I, I think I made the right choice by only giving up an hour of my life instead of eight. Right. I'll avoid that one. Uh, this thing came out of left field, too, and it's called The Underdogs, but it's spelled with two G's at the end instead of one because it stars Snoop Dogg of course. in the lead role. And it's kind of like a cross between Bad News Bears and The Longest Yard. Snoop plays an ex-NFL player who gets in hot legal water, and his sentence is he has to coach a little league football team okay all right how are they going to make a movie with snoop dogg and a bunch of kids without weed (laughs) without language what do you say he coached yeah Yeah, he coached did he coach his kids team they called him the raiders and he bought him a bus and had it painted and oh they have and they have baltimore ravens colors for their uniforms um, but I can't see what the audience is for. Snoop's uh, audience, <clears throat> pardon me, is not going to want to watch it. It's a bunch of kids playing football, and you know, children aren't going to be able to watch it because it's hard R-rated. Oh, a lot really? of language, yeah, a lot of weed. Oh yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. Is it a series? A movie? No, it's just a movie. Okay, it's just a movie, and it was, and had a couple of good jokes, but not for an eight-year-old. Or a ten-year-old. So it's an no. R movie. Uh, it's an R R-rated movie. Yeah. It, where is it showing? It's uh, on uh, Prime, Amazon Prime. So you're if you're an Amazon Prime member, you get to watch it. But 
I, I haven't heard I anything about it. You, you, Snoop's been in the news quite a bit lately with that uh, yeah, solo yeah. stove deal and, you know, his other. That, that fake stuff. announcement that he stopped smoking weed. I thought it was brilliant. It didn't work very well for the company, though. <laughs> no, it didn't. Uh, so I don't know who their audience is for this movie, uh, but it was. I got a chuckle or two, and I was glad I saw it. It was short. It was 90 minutes in and out. Thank you very much. Uh, two out of five for me. 33% critics, 38 audience. Eek. That's uh, not good. No. That is not good. Another thing, this is the worst title of the week. It's called Heaven James, Irregardless. Yeah, and, I saw a preview uh, for it last night. Yeah, and you're a wordsmith, and you know as well as most Yeah, that's, people that's that the whole reason I think he's using it, because it's a play on the fact that people think irregardless is a word, when it regardless is the is the the only word you need. <laughs> right. And this guy, I don't know if he started out as a stand up comic, uh, but he lost some weight. He's slimmer. Not slim, he's slimmer. And he shaved his head and he has a beard. So I guess Kevin James is trying to get some street cred. He's wearing leather. Um I laughed one time, oh. and it was when he made the reference to "irregardless." It was it was like old man get off my lawn type of stuff. Uh, my kids don't understand me; they're on the internet too long. Why are these people here? It wasn't funny. It was just like listening to some old man complain. Huh. And half of the audience is. Just I'm a like big Kevin over. James fan. Do you mean the audience didn't laugh? No. I thought he was no. funny as hell in that series he did in uh, King of Queens. Uh, he's King. really, really good in, in Hitch. I thought um, Hitch. I loved him in Hitch. That was it. I, I just don't think the guy is funny. Well, I think he's really funny. Maybe he can't write his own material. You know, well, as long as he's got funny material written for him, he's a brilliant comic actor. I think. Good point. That's a really good point. But this is all his stuff, and he's doing stand up, and this is not his milieu to use a fake word um that that he excels in but it's a big know? netflix netflix deal right so you, you know they don't no this is prime oh it's prime okay it's prime so it's it's not quite netflix like i think netflix is the the pinnacle that's every comic wants to be on netflix and if they don't get a netflix deal prime is the next spec uh option All but right. i i hated it one out of five wow 50 percent critics 58% audiences. So another clunker. Uh, if you're if you're a diehard Kevin James fan, give it 10 minutes. 10 minutes. If you watch 10 minutes and you don't laugh, you won't laugh. All right. Uh, another one. This is a really uh, an actress who is trying to do a big stretch uh, like Sofia Vergara. And it's uh, Daisy Ridley. I'm sure a uh, Star Trek guy knows who this is. She played Ray. In the three most recent Star Wars movies, she was the the lead actress, the heroine, the hero, and she is trying to get herself as far away from Star Wars as humanly possible. And she did it with this movie. It's called "Sometimes I Think About Dying." <laughs> I know that's not a real good title, and you think, well, this somebody is suicidal. She's not suicidal. She's just bored, and she's socially awkward. And she works in some nondescript office in Oregon somewhere. And the humor in the movie kind of resembles the office. Oh, yeah. Like the Steve, the more like the Ricky Gervais version yeah. as opposed to Steve Carell. 
All right. And she starts flirting with the guy. They start getting along. And she is just so awkward at making conversation that she ends up torpe- torpedoing any chance she has for love until something else happens. I like the fact that this actress is trying to do something different as opposed to like uh, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher, who got so stereotyped into their Star Wars roles that they effectively had no career after that. They got jobs. Right. Nobody ever thought of them as anything but Star Wars characters. So it's playing in New York and L.A. in theaters, but it's also playing on uh, Voodoo, if you want to see it. Uh, Again, sometimes I think about dying. Pardon me. I told you a couple weeks ago about some new material that HBO is releasing for The Sopranos. Uh, There are two things that showed up on um, YouTube this week that are not authorized by HBO. It's called Sopranos Behind the Scenes. Volume 1 and Volume 2, and it's put out by Legend Films. I looked them up, and uh, they do a lot of redistribution of old titles. And it it looks like a bunch of home movies strung together, but it's great stuff. Really? Behind, yeah, and it's hosted by John Fiore, who played the character on the show named Gigi, uh, Gigi uh, Castone. Yeah, he, he died on the crapper. He died on the crapper, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> so he, his Thanksgiving uh, dinner was uh, like speckle in my bowels. Yeah. That's what he, <laughs> he said. couldn't quite he get it done. Yeah. So he hosts it, and it's two hours each. It's on YouTube? And, and it's on YouTube. And I get the feeling that they snuck this thing on there, and HBO might get a little pissed off because they're using footage they're not using any kind of outtakes or whatnot it all looks like home movies behind the scenes stuff yeah that were shot by people on the set like on smartphones hell yeah that's awesome yeah so that that was excellent and they uh, on my uh youtube feed they pulled up another one that says check out this new podcast called not today pal have you heard of this podcast i have not it's hosted by Jamie Lynn Siegler and Robert Eiler. Oh, I've heard about the podcast. I've heard I heard they had one. I didn't know that was yeah. the name of it. Yeah, it's called uh, Not Today Pal, and they did uh, an HBO approved uh, 25th anniversary episode of uh, The Sopranos. And oddly enough, they didn't go to the 25th anniversary party. Huh? Uh, Why? But I don't know. Well, I do know. Just watch it. It's it's about a 45 minute. Okay. Uh, watch, but you, I mean, they talk about other things, but it's mostly Sopranos. Cool. But that's that, that's definitely something you want to check out quick because I, I don't know how long that's going to be up there before HBO goes not today, pal. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my throwback for the week, and it goes back to this uh, American Nightmare docu series. It's called Gone Girl. In yeah. fact, the, pol- the police were calling this uh, kidnapping in Vallejo, the Gone Girl case. And it stars Rosamund Pike and Ben Affleck about a married couple where she disappears, they charge him with murder, she shows up again, and all hell breaks loose. It's directed by David Fincher uh, from Fight Club and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Uh, A very good movie. My only quibble with it is two and a half hours long, and it plays like that. If they had cut about 15 or 20 minutes from this thing, it would have been 
perfect. Hey, uh, 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 my buddy wants to ask if you, if you know anything about the True Detective Jodie Foster series. Yeah, we reviewed it last week. Um, it's uh, set in oh, Alaska. And uh, Any good? I, I said... You, good? you like it? I liked it. I liked it. I'd like the three seasons before it better, and I'm going to yeah. be doing a, a, a series retrospective for the Epic Times uh, next month. Uh, but it's like if uh, Jodie Foster was her character from Silence of the Lambs ended up getting stationed in Alaska. Right. All right. Uh, that's what it kind of. That's right. We talked about it last week. Because our favorite was uh, the uh, uh, the one that I thought was first season, but it was uh, second or the other way around. The one with uh, Matthew McConaughey and. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Cool. Uh, it, our last week of uh, three for one, you buy three bottles of 25 Peppers hot sauce, you get a fourth free. Go to uh, my Twitter page at Movie Man Mike or online at uh, Brand 25 Peppers at AOL.com. You're going to love it. Yeah, buddy. All right, read Mike's ta- uh, his reviews in Newsmax Magazine, Epic Times, and TheFederalist.com, and here on The Shannon Burke Show. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Movie Man Mike, right? Is that, that what it is? That's where you can get it, buddy. All right, right, brother. Have a great weekend, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Thank you, buddy. All right. Later. Bye-bye. I'm stagged tonight. Stack up my TV viewing. Nice. You know, get some beer, too. That's a good call. (laughs) I'm just same tonight, so. All right. uh, We got to take a break here. When we get back, it is your remarks. Uh, stick around. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. A veteran's hope. Where are you hiding? I search for you in the seconds, the minutes of each and every day. Hear me as I call out to you. Welcome me home. Alone we stood. Divided we fell. No longer. Now we choose to make the connection. Our new mission lies within. Visit maketheconnection.net to learn more. My dad served in Vietnam, the 82nd Airborne Division. He never talked about it. And my mom knew not to ask. So dad buried himself in work and self-medicated and would lose his temper sometimes. Loud noises would put him on edge. It got rough. So I finally said to him, Dad, you gotta get help. As a family member or friend, you may be the first to notice when a veteran you love has been going through changes. Things like withdrawing, drinking more, or increased anger could be a sign of a larger health concern, but help is available. Dad finally went to VA for one-on-one and group therapy and got some really great tools to help him manage things. And I got my dad back. Listen to hundreds of inspiring stories at maketheconnection.net and learn how you can support the veterans in your life. Treatment works. Recovery is possible. Every year across America, a staggering 4.2 million youth are homeless or trafficked. Covenant House is the national leader providing safe housing for youth 50 years strong. Help us fight youth homelessness. Go to covenanthouse.org. We are strong and we'll get through this together, but these are stressful times. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, and know that you are not alone. Visit wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station.
bump wasn't as bad as you, yeah, yeah I don't understand how lips like you How can they like you? Can't believe people just can't see the truth How can they see the truth? They killing us right in front of our face like it's cool, yeah, yeah You don't like a country like that, you can move, yeah people uh i don't know if you've ever met me but i have uh, quite heavily tattooed um and i always tell people because they seem to think i'm an authority on it which i'm not but i do give two pieces of advice when people say what do you think about tattoo i don't care uh, in terms of the content of the tattoo mm-hmm. never a girlfriend's name 100 percent. no i don't even put my wife's name on there i've had that fight before oh really yep um and if you want to use someone's name, family members are the best. Kids, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the, the two most important are size and location. But I might add one to that list. As a diehard Detroit Lions fan, Alex Chapeska got a Super Bowl champs 2024 with a Detroit Lions logo and the Vince Lombardi trophy and the words Super Bowl champs 2024. He got this in August, a week before the first preseason game and months before they would even clinch a playoff. He at least has a chance. There was a guy in Jacksonville that got Jacksonville Jaguars oh 2024 Super Bowl champions. God, are you kidding me? Tattooed on himself at the start <laughs> of the season. <laughs> that is pretty stupid. Um, he, uh, you know, he's a super fan. Halfway through the season last year, he said, I think I kind of fell in love with Dan Campbell and the whole organization, which he turned it into after a lifetime of heartbreak. And it is no little tattoo either. Here's a, a, you know, bicep outside of the bicep, and it goes from shoulder down to his elbow, practically, with a giant Vince Lombardi trophy and the Lions logo in front of it. And then uh, Super Bowl on the top, Champs 2024 on the bottom. Now, if they lose, he can just go in there and put, we were so close to Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super close to Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, so I, I think, uh, I don't know, I think I'm, I'm uh, I'd love, I, I, I'm in it for the story now, you know. I got no dog in the fight. Uh, and that's a great story. If the, the Lions were to win the, the Super Bowl. Yeah, it is. Uh you know, you're uh, you're a diehard uh, anti San Francisco. I kind of like the Brock Purdy story mainly because this past past week is everybody's been bashing yeah, him for some that's reason. That's a good story. And I feel bad because the guy has done nothing but win. Yep. Uh, he's not the great, greatest quarterback. He's mo- not the most athletic guy in the world, and he just wins. So sometimes yeah. those are the best guys you can have. He's the Tom cool. Brady's of the world. Uh, let's get to remarks. We got plenty of them there from the Florida Man Radio app and powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats. We'll all be our, where I'll be tomorrow, getting my shaved ribeye for my playoff Philly cheesesteak. So I'm going to attempt. There we go.
Come on. I think it should be said that vaginas are like snowflakes. Each and every one is different, and each and every one should be cherished for what it is. <laughs> bidu bidu. <laughs> Hope it's not too early to say Merry Quickmas. Okay. I'll bet those three guys probably work, walked in on Hillary and Big Mike at the bathroom getting it on. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, Maverick here. Hey, can you imagine walking into that uh, doctor's office? Uh, yeah, ma'am, I'm here to uh, pick up my wife. It's... Whoa, who's making carne asada? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Shane B. checking in. So um, when Trump says something like, make America great again. I'm supposed to question his mental instability and his wanting to do something so drastic against our democracy. But Biden says something like, I'm supposed to stand and clap like a monkey. Uh, no. Yeah. Hey, fellas, I'm just curious. At some point... If people don't think Biden's corrupt with all the, the financial dealings and all that, there's no other reason for him to be so adamant about this border is for him to be taken over to somebody else, right? I mean, he's against all American opinion. Uh, how can people, they have to see it now, right? This is corruption at the highest level. You know, somebody else is telling them what to do, obviously, right? Yes. Hey, what's going on, guys? Ray right here. You know, it doesn't take much brain power to shoot a weapon. So I guess it doesn't really matter if they have their GED or whatever. Love your show. Ray Ray out. This, this is over the limit here, aren't they? Yes. Should we hit any of them? Uh, pick one. I'll get one. The last one. Yes. As soon as I get there, the first stop I have to make is the governor's office so Governor Abbott can give me a full pardon. <laughs> yes. Okay. Sam's on his way to Texas. Too. What is the, how's it, what is it going to get? Oh, he, he did his time in Texas, didn't he? Yeah. No, that's his plan. He's going to go, I'll guard the border, but I got to have this pardon. Just like Russia let the uh, serial killers out to go fight. Wow. As of now, Trump has 91 felony accounts, 11 aides convicted, four indictments, two impeachments, 83 million defamation verdict, 25 million fraud judgment, 5 million sexual assault verdict, 1.6 million tax fraud conviction, a university shutdown, a charity shutdown, and is on trial for fraud. Man, looking kind of rough. He's beating Joe Biden in the... He's still, yes. he's still screaming across in the polls. Uh. Yeah, I almost joined the NFL, but the girl they brought over to entice me had the ugliest vagina I'd ever seen. Have you ever been? Have you ever been to Electric Labia Land? Hey, I have, and it's a really groovy place. Uh, Y'all have a peaceful weekend. Be doo be doo. Holy crap, even my mop has a uh, ASVAB score over 60. So who's in charge at that point? 
Is is the what is it? What's the a general knowledge test? Is it uh, math? Yeah, it was a and grammar, English, composition. When I took it, it felt kind of like what you would expect a GED uh, test to be. It was kind of like general knowledge. Oh, okay. I should try to take one. See how I do. What's up, fellas? Man, I'm becoming more convinced every day that we are the evil empire. Like. We had no beef with Russia until Hillary Clinton decided she needed somebody to blame for losing the election. What we see with this Ukraine thing, they have no, their military is no threat. They can't get through, they're not going to advance across Europe. But we got to make up this enemy, treat them like they're some kind of adversary that we don't need. They're not even the real people we need to be worrying about. And then we got numb nuts here running the show. Like, what? It's interesting. We're going to start utilizing a facility in uh, the United Kingdom, considering back in the 90s when Bill Clinton reduced the size of the forces overall uh, by closing or reducing the RF facilities we had, which one of the major ones was RF Upper Hayford that housed the the F-111s. Funny. Uh, Democrats then, Democrats now. Yep. Yeah, uh, an ASVAB is scored on a 100 percentile range. Uh, 50 is like dead average, is dead like half. So that's a AFQT category is a one is a 93 to a 99, two is a 65 to a 92, uh, 3A is a 50 to 64. So that's wow. kind of like the. <laughs> well, uh, schools are now installing technology to uh, detect if kids are vaping in school. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, interesting technology. It only costs about $1,000 a piece. But uh, in new news, the uh, company has waived the fees because they've made billions upon billions from Russian buffets for installing the technology to detect food smart. So I mean, we instigated this whole thing, right? Like we, the whole thing in Ukraine was instigated by us. So like, do y'all can y'all disagree with that? I mean, not- we did instigated Ukraine. No, no, we just let them do it. Right. I had a friend last year whose daughter got caught vaping at school, and she was kicked out for six months. And that's here in the Tampa area. Wow. Holy cow. Holy cow. My daughter just got caught vaping THC pen in school, and they suspended her for 10 days pending expulsion. It's a level 4F offense, and they take it pretty seriously. Holy crap. I got some threesome advice of your. I think this guy is over his limit. What? I'm curious what his threesome advice Allow me is. my third open mic. Um, what this dude did is probably a rookie mistake, is you get all into the new chick. Uh, what you got to do is make it all about your girl, and you don't put your thing anywhere until she says do it. I mean, it's you. You don't be the one who picks the girl either. You got to be like, let it all be her, because the second you act like that girl is hotter than her, or you make any more attention towards her, man, it is over. So he's saying you got to send in her like a middle reliever. Yeah, like go four round, four innings, and you're like, oh no, we got to yeah. tap out, send a middle reliever in here. <laughs> Vaping sucks, to be honest, you know. But whenever I need some nicotine, I just throw in a Zen. 
a nice little upper decky Zinichino, you know. But Slimeball Schumer wants to ban Zins because he's a communist. But I got a Zin can signed by Tucker Carlson, so I don't really care. Oh, that's cool. Bidu bidu. What is a Zin? Is it like a pouch? I think it is like a yeah, it's a nicotine pouch. Huh. Hold on, this one says on a speaker phone in a different room. Shannon, I'm 62 <laughs> years of age and I work for a tobacco company. Let me catch you up. When I was a kid, I went to the store and bought my daddy cigarettes. We had a smoking section when I was in high school. But today's legal nicotine purchase age is 21 years of age. Also, if you go in any independent convenience store today, you'll see a wall of vaping products that nobody knows what's in them or where it's coming. Uh, was quote. very apt. He wasn't. <laughs> I had both both the the channel and the main mix <laughs> turned up all the way. Speaking of detectors, when I was in Afghanistan, we had these uh, large three sixty degree arrays of microphones that would detect gunshots. And uh, guess what got shot every time first? <laughs> yeah. Leave the microphone alone. It didn't do nothing to you. Yeah, they use those in a lot of uh, uh, cities now. Chicago, New York City. Watch Cocaine Cowboys 2. That'll give you all you need to know about Griselda Blanco. Guys, have a great weekend. Thank you. Cocaine Cowboys 2. 2. Do you miss anything from Cocaine Cowboys 1? I probably had to go back and watch yeah, that one again. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Shando? Heather, Easy, Sparky352. Hey, man, I just wanted to call and give uh, Jonathan a big shout-out, man. I got my tomahawk today with a couple ribeyes, a couple of New York strips, some bacon. Awesome box, man. Awesome place. Everybody support your local farmer. And I'm heading out to go fishing and camping. And I worked 60 hours this week, Shannon, and I want to thank you and Easy and Heather for making the 20 hours of my overtime the easiest listening and great fun. Thanks, B2B. Thank you. My pleasure. I just wanted to say thank you for a fantastic week of radio. Um, it was a hard week um, for me. I bet it was for lots of others, too. But you made us laugh and and find out things about ourselves and the world. So, um, see you next week. Thank you. Uh-oh. Kate said hard Kate week. said hard week. I have to disagree with Movie Man Mike about Mark Hamill. Yes, he's known for Luke Skywalker, but in almost all the animated Batman series and the video games, he voiced the Joker, and he did an amazing job at it. Yeah. He's actually done a ton of voice acting. Yeah. Hey, Ray, Shannon, hey, Ray, it seems like both of us, hey, Ray, are stagged tonight. Hey, Ray, would it be all right if I call you later on and, hey, Ray, and hey, Ray, do my Tony Soprano impression for you? <laughs> hey, Ray. <laughs> Hey, it's too bad they don't have a telephone. Hey, for whatever ails every Star Trek guy. Hey, where's the gobble ghoul? Hey, I'll work on it. Hey, God bless. Yo, my man Snoop Dogg, he's coaching the kids, teaching them football to get out of a bid. 20 years to life was the sentence to hand, so he packed up his weed and used Martha Stewart's hand. Conjugal visits were a daily thing, sometimes I'd have a threesome with his homie friend. While they could spend ball, they didn't care, they just watched Martha's mouth bounce up in the air. Yeah, bitch, Snoop Dogg. 
movie man Mike talking about, Daisy Ridley just jumped back into Star Wars for $12 million, and Mark Hamill has over 300 projects on IMDb. Yeah, I guess he's not like a Class A Leonardo DiCaprio actor, but he's pretty damn good, and he's an awesome voice actor. Hey, Libtard Larry, Sparky. Yeah, he's got all those. They're all going to get overturned on appeal, and he's going to be the next president of the United States, douchebag. Be-do, be-do. Liberal Larry spent all week rehearsing that in front of the mirror. Yay, big boy. It's written down. I guarantee you he had to have all that stuff written down. Us talking about Ukraine getting in NATO was instigating it. That was the whole red line he talked about for years. Everybody agreed that. Oh, yeah. That guy calls too much. My daughter vapes, and that's very disappointing. It's even more disappointing that she's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. <laughs> Just sucks. <laughs> was she a Kansas City Chiefs fan before Taylor Swift was yeah, in the mix? That's the question. Yeah. Hey guys, T Bone from Atlanta. You're gonna be a man, and you need nicotine. Smoke a damn cigarette. Like a man. freaking I have a feeling T Bone smoked a few cigarettes yeah, that day. Like a man. That's funny. Uh, speaker in the other room again. Great. Tobacco right here. Actually, I was doing that on my speakerphone, but now I've got it up to my ear just so I can see if it sounds better. Uh. I not don't know that it did. <laughs> hey, um, I think y'all let Kate have three or four every day because um, it's always such a pleasure to hear her voice. Beady, beady. Well, uh, yeah, we will, I think that's why she calls in from the shower because that one gets right on the air. <laughs> that's not even us. That's Heather. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, I'm with that last caller. Um, I got to disagree with Movie Man Mike also. Um, well, basically about everything he says. <laughs> really? People love to hate a, 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 a reviewer. Yeah, well, that's that's a classic rivalry right there. A classic what? That's a cl- classic rivalry right there between those two guys. Yeah. Mm. Listen to this guy. With his threesome advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she's a Kansas City Chiefs fan for the last three years. Still sucks. Even before uh, the whole... Ah, So she kind of bandwagoned a little bit. Yeah, but she's still... Yeah, pre-Taylor, I'll give her that one. Pre-Taylor? Yeah, three years just pre-Taylor, so. Um, hold on here. I think that's all we got. Yeah, that's it. Those are the remarks for the entire week. Thank you for leaving them. Um, get the app if you don't have it. Get uh, Help your elderly neighbor download it and find the little button at the bottom. It's a microphone. It's a lot better than uh, you sitting on hold on your cell phone, and then you get on, and it's, you know, we can't understand you. And it's one way. It's like hit the hornet's nest and, and, and leave. Perfect for those who, you know. Like to do those things. Yeah. Uh, there was a group of parrots that cursed. They were at a zoo uh, uh, well, at a wildlife park. 
and they repeated swear words because people go up to them and, you know, and swear. Or they hear them say it, and they, uh, and I had a, a McCall, a, a blue and gold McCall named Boudreaux, and I, he was in my living room in, a, in his big cage, and I would have my boys over and watch football. And unbeknownst to me, every single time I went out to the grill to check on it or whatever for the food, they would go up to the cage and say, mother effer, mother effer, mother effer, over and over. And to the point where that that bird would just, out of nowhere, I'd be in another room and I'd hear, mother effer. I'm like, oh, my God. What? <laughs> and then he would say that a couple of times and he'd bob his head up and down and then he would just go, F, F. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, my God. So, and then I got another uh, uh, a green wing, McCall, that I raised uh, from a baby. And he, I put his cage at the hit, less the Boudreaux's cage. And guess what? He learned it right away. Yeah. Well, they believe here that um, that that hopefully if they put them around a group of other parrots that are normal, that aren't, you know, screaming <laughs> uh, uh, curse words, that hopefully... Uh, their bad habits will go away, and, and they won't go there. But I'm here to tell you, every bird in there is going to be screaming the F-bomb. Yeah, they're going to have 30 birds yelling British obscenities. Yeah. It's hysterical. So I, they had to do it from, and we're talking a group, like a number of birds. I don't know how many we're talking, but parrots, you know, hanging in groups. Um. They say they mimic swear words because the swear words are said in the same tone used in similar contexts and are also said without any associated words. Like they don't, you know, normally you just scream the, the, the word or say the word and you don't, it's not usually in a sentence. Yeah. Well, for those that are uh, not initiated well enough. Right. And I, I, and, and this is probably, if they were in a wildlife park, it's probably got a bunch of, Nudniks went up there and, and, you know, said it repeatedly to them so that they would repeat it. Oi, bird, say the F word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, I don't know what to, uh, if they're not going to. It's odd. Uh, Teslas are being stolen quite a bit in the Middle East. Uh, Haaretz, the, uh, the Israeli news uh, paper, uh, they're, the growing number of stolen cars are definitely... Um, EVs, mainly Teslas, and they're taken over the green line into the occupied West Bank where they, they where Israeli police can't go and car theft prevention people can't go. And they chop them, not for the parts, they chop for the battery. One battery can be, one Tesla battery wired up right can be used to light up a West Bank home for days. <laughs> you trash a hundred thousand dollar car for you know five days worth of uh, using your laptop and a, and a lamp. I love it. That's a lot of a lot of electricity. Sixty three hundred Tesla cars were delivered to Israel between January and November of last year alone. Impressive. Um, all right, we got to take our last break here. We will come back and wrap it up for you. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. A veteran's hope. Where are you hiding? I search for you in the seconds, the minutes of each and every day. Hear me as I call out to you. 
Take my hand. Lift me up as I lift up others. Welcome me home, father, mother, sister, brother, son, daughter. Hear us now. Alone we stood, divided we fell. No longer. Now we choose to make the connection. Our new mission lies within. Visit maketheconnection.net to learn more. Military dogs keep our troops safe by sniffing out bombs and IEDs. Yet when they retire, they're too often left overseas. American Humane brings these heroes home and back with their handlers. To help, visit AmericanHumane.org. this weekend um yay sports i don't know what's the question <laughs> sports ball go Woo. chiefs ravens uh who, who's gonna win the chiefs ravens chiefs because i like jason taylor's brother's brother taylor's boyfriend's brother and i hope he does something crazy again so you okay i'm writing this down <laughs> uh that's heather who do you take you take the ravens, ravens right? yeah. uh, did you see that mahomes uh, father said please do not put me in the same uh Box with with Taylor and Jason no. again. Yes. Are you serious? Yeah, he said, well, I hope they don't put me in the same box again. I don't know how they watch the game uh, in that box. Uh, I don't know who to pick out of that game, but I'm going to take the Chiefs. <laughs> uh, Detroit at 49ers. Who do you like, Heather? Uh, 49ers? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good name. They got great colors in there. Lions go rawr. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take the Lions. What about you? You like the 49ers. Yeah, I do. Okay, those are our predictions. All right. There's no money on this, but I'm just going to. Of course, it's uh, no legal betting in the state of Florida Keep outside it. the reservation. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, anyone use an alarm clock? You don't use an alarm clock because you get up automatically. Correct, yeah. Heather? Alarm clock. You use an alarm clock? Well, I mean, on my phone. Oh. Could be really bad. Spikes your blood pressure. Could surge seventy four percent from those okay. that wake up naturally. That's okay. <laughs> I hate the uh, the one on the iPhone because like, ah! you're like oh I get out of bed and I just scream. Yeah, um, my wife has her sent to like songs now. Oh. So all of a sudden I'll be in my office working and I hear songs start playing. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> That's it for us. Have a great weekend. We're back on Monday, uh, three Eastern, two Central. After Bubba the Love Sponge gets the network kicking. And Don Miller comes in behind and makes you laugh your ass off. Have a great weekend. See you Monday on the Florida Man Radio Network. I am Shannon Burke. Have a good night.